All right, this week we have a Canadian juggernaut coming into the booth. We got Mikey Rents coming down from the north. But before we get into that, what do we got, buds? We got a big community event up at Brighton Resort coming at you real soon. Yep, that's Bombhole Cup. It's going to be a community gathering first and then a fun time snowboarding event second. So first day, we're going to have the first annual Bombhole Cup Bank Slalom. Uh, there'll be vintage class, which is boards over 30 years old. There'll be vet, grom, pro, open, all kinds of classes for everybody to race. And then day two, we're going to have a park showdown. So there'll be a, a kicker. They're going to have a rail jam. We're going to have all kinds of crazy rails, like a hell ride challenge for the pros. It's going to be a blast. Live music. Uh, it, you know, Make sure you mark the calendars April 2nd and 3rd. I think registration is available on our website right now, bombhole.com. So be sure to get your spots in before it fills up. It's going to fill up quick. Other than that, what else we got, buds? And if it does fill up, come anyways, because it's going to be a dope hangout. Well said. Also, if you're listening to our podcast on Apple or Spotify and you like what you're hearing, take the time to leave a review. We can't tell you how much it helps us out. Click that five stars if you're down. If not, that's cool, too. We're just stoked you're listening. We appreciate you guys. Let's get into the Mikey Rents episode. Here we go. You are listening to the Bomb Hole. Bomb Hole Podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the Bomb Hole. going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back in the booth at the Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, as always, I got to ask, Stony Buds, how we doing? So good, my dog. God, I love hearing that. Now, to my left, we have a Canadian coming down across the borders. We got Mikey Rents in the booth. Mikey, how we doing? Really good, thank you. Very happy to have you sitting here with us. I'm going to do a little brief intro, a little uh, book report, if you will, for those of our listeners who are unfamiliar with who you are. Now, the Whistler Backcountry is the backcountry snowbirds, what Hollywood is to actors. It's where you go. So... Mikey is the king of the Whistler backcountry. He's been riding for Burton for 27 years, longer than most team riders on Burton have been alive. He is an X Games Real Snow gold medalist. He's been putting out amazing video parts and has pioneered a lot of the most famous Whistler backcountry jumps and terrain we've seen in videos for the past 20 years. He paved the way for the next generation of crews and raised the standard with UC by dropping heavy tricks and exploring terrain while having a great time and keeping a smile on his face. And now, his dopest accomplishment, he's also a dad. How you liking dad life? <clears throat> it's really awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's a trip for sure, but uh, it's great. Well, I got to just start off with right when you landed, we had to do a mandatory pit stop. Where do we go right off the plane? <clears throat> well, yeah, when I landed in Salt Lake, right away, there's a panda in the airport there, and I got my juices flowing. And then so when I came here to meet you, we had to go hit the other pan, the other closest panda. So you didn't fix. hit the one at the airport? No, nah, because I wasn't sure. I don't know what, what the scenario was. Like, And then carrying Panda with like a board bag <laughs> and the duffel bag. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we hit Panda. We don't have it in Canada. So well, pro tip, the, the airport Panda is not as good as uh, the really? Panda's out in the wild. Just I can't so, believe they don't have so people know. In, in Canada. I, I didn't know that they were yeah. deprived of Panda Express. Yeah. it's I, I, would, I always like to choose my airports based on their Panda, too. Like. Mm. Now I know Salt Lake. You guys has got one. chopsticks, isn't that the spot in the East Coast? Uh, Similar to Panda. I don't Panda? know about that. There's like Manchu Walk, oh, okay. and like other kind of fast, fast. 
don't want to say fast food. It's good food fast. Good food but, fast. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're not, uh, they're nowhere near panda caliber. Nowhere near panda. Yeah. Oh. All right, we got to dive right into some hard-hitting topics. Now, one thing that you're known for uh, is wearing leisure wear, uh, specifically sweatpants. Now, I know there is a, a rumors of a stint where you went like an entire season while, while outside of your snowboard gear, you exclusively wore sweatpants. There was not a time like denim or any other type of pants touched your legs, correct? <laughs> oh, yeah, easy. So, sure. so where's your love for the, the sweatpants come from? Um... Just being comfortable, really. Like, just even recently, I wore, like, I don't, they weren't jeans, but they weren't in the sweatpant family, and uh, I was just in leg jail all day. I hated it. And, like, <laughs> and then before that, I couldn't remember, like, the last time I hadn't worn sweatpants was at a wedding. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't really wear anything but sweatpants. So that, that's impressive. Annually, how many times a year are you, aside from snowboard gear, are you not wearing sweatpants? Like, how many times a year do you think? Uh, like five, maybe <laughs> all summer long. That's you're incredible. in some either shorts or sweatpants or yeah. And then I, I cut the sweatpants oh, into sweat sweatpants shorts. Nice. This is nice. That's real nice. Yeah. So they're, they're a member of the sweat family. Yeah. Yeah. Like sweat fleece shorts. pants. Yeah. Fleece and sweaties and keep it comfy. Love it. Back in it. Well, let's run it back to where you grew up. Cause I know you live in, in uh Squampton now, Squamish. Mm-hmm. But you are originally from Alberta, uh, right? Yeah, Canmore, Alberta. I, uh, yeah, I grew up riding there. It was awesome. And then uh, moved to Whistler in 1999. And it was more like I always wanted to be in Whistler. It's always like the goal as a kid. Like, I'm going to go to Whistler and ride. And like initially, me and my buddies were like, we're going to get a van and live in a Whistler and, in Whistler in the parking lot in a van. But uh and yeah, anyway, my mom was down to move to Whistler because they had like a good school program that was kind of built around ski racers. So I could like basically take the winter off of school. So that's ins- <clears throat> that's kind of how like my parents were talked into it being a good idea was for school. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I moved to Whistler in 1999. And I was there for like eight years, I think, seven or eight years, and then moved down to Squamish. Well, you're basically kind of a, this is a shitty term, but a child prodigy kind of, right? You, you got on Burton at a really young age. <laughs> yeah, I started riding for Burton when I was eight and um, like through the rep in Alberta. And then um, Burton had this like youth, like kids program. And they, it, was, it wasn't even branded as Burton. It was called Backhill. And, uh, and it was just clothing. So it was like me, Sean White, and then like a bunch of other, like, <clears throat> just kind of like, they could have been like a surfer or a skater, and like Sean's sister was doing it too, and we would all just travel around and do photo shoots for Backhill, and then that kind of like brought me up to like the actual company, like being uh, like as <clears throat> being not on a rep level anymore. Well, we have a special surprise. Uh, I believe it's the search for Mountain Jim. Yep. Uh, we have this video part from Mikey when he's 10 years old. We're going to hit play on. Um, and basically, you know, the kid's ripping. The ste is insane. <laughs> Serving up McTwist. Big back mitts. Back sevens. Big old mitt. <laughs> Look at that back seven. Wow. With a vest. <laughs> Going kind of misty dog yeah. on that one. Misty miss grab. Uh, back yeah. nine. Little revert. Little bail ski on that one. <laughs> Ten years old, huh? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So this this is uh, Burton Backhill 
days, right? Or you <clears> this is actually uh, this is like maybe kind of in the middle of the Burton back hill. This is actually a right there. I'm like I'm riding actually a Carabeth Burnside Pro Model board. It was like the the best board that fit me at that time. And then uh, here I'm kind of yeah, it's kind of like wishy washy because I'm actually riding for a. Uh, Alberta clothing company this dude would sew the clothing himself it was called Cooch and then I started writing for West Beach but I was going to do these like Burton Backhill shoots but I didn't like have a contract and that's kind of how they like brought me on to being like officially on Burton where they were like okay well he needs to wear these all the time you were showing up with West Beach and Cooch and they're like <laughs> yeah what are you doing at this Burton shoot yeah like I would go do the shoot and they were cool with it but then I, when I would go to a contest, I would wear my other stuff. Uh, and then they were like, okay, we need to, like, make this seal official. this up. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is a good segue for a guest question from Dustin Craven. Here we go. Hey, Mikey. It's Dustin. Uh, got a question here for you. I was wondering with uh, how much you love that Sean White quote up at Cyprus and the amount of time that you've spent with him growing up and stuff. What's your personal favorite story of you and Sean White? <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because me and Sean, like, we did spend a lot of time together um, as we were kids, and there was always this kind of, like, unspoken rivalry, not necessarily between me and him, but, like, his mom would kind of always get in the middle of things. But, um, I mean, there's so many good Sean scenarios because Sean is, like, Sean is in Sean's world, you know, it's, and that's just the way things roll. Um, but, like, there was a time we were in uh, Revelstoke, and the, the resort in Revelstoke had just opened, and um, they were selling off all these big properties, and Sean had, like, just won X Games, and he was, like, super famous at this time, cover of, like, Men's Health. Like, everywhere we went around in Revelstoke, he had to tuck his hair away, like, just so he could, like, go into a restaurant and stuff. It was pretty crazy. <clears throat> and... um the CEO of the resort took us heliboarding one day, and it was me, J.P. Solberg, Sean, Adam Moran, Photog, and Aaron Leyland filming. And uh, we, yeah, just went riding the whole day. It was awesome with the CEO and his daughter. And then, like, we get back to the lodge, and uh, they're trying to, like, sell off these, like, big, like, they're just plots of land right on the hill. And the guy, like, starts into the spiel of, like, yeah, so they're, like, it's a million per per plot, and, like, you can have your own heliport in the backyard, and da-da-da-da. He's, like, he's doing the pitch, you know? Obviously, just to Sean. And then, like, look over, and Sean's just on the couch, like, dead asleep. <laughs> and the CEO, like, kind of realizes that, like, Sean, like, his, his whale is, like, asleep. <laughs> and, like, he kind of looks around, he's, like, you could tell his wheels are spinning, and he's, like, Oh, like I there's no need for me to talk anywhere, but like out of respect, he like kept the pitch going to me and Solberg. Like, yeah, you can buy these pieces of land for a mill and da 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 da. We're like Oh yeah, okay. <clears throat> yeah, I got a bunch. Like Dude, we were at the top of the um the chair in uh, Japan once and this lady comes to us. She's like, Oh, can you please sign my jacket? Sean starts signing her jacket, starts going, Sean and you can tell he zone, zones out and starts writing white and then just wrote, like, started with white but then started Sean again. So he just wrote Sean Juan on the back on a jacket. Sean <laughs> 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 <Shawn> Juan. <Yeah. laughs> Let's go. 
that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> yeah. But then we actually like, we kind of got into like a little bit of a domestic at one point and then we didn't talk for about uh, for a while and, uh, but it's all good now. You guys got a little uh, scruffle with a little, little tassel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice dude. Nice. But, uh, I got a Patreon question that uh, pertains to your Sean White stories. First of all, yeah. thank you to all the Patreon members. Give him a big old air horn here. Yes. We could not do this without you. This one is from Malcolm. Can you tell us a story of the time you beat up Sean White <laughs> in a hotel on a Burton trip when you two were younger? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I won't say I beat him up because I do have, like, tons of respect for Sean and, and stuff. Uh, but uh, it was actually in a minivan. And we had, like, just finished skating at Burnside, actually. We were in the minivan. Like, we had been on a long trip, like, riding in hood. And <clears throat> we were just, like, really on each other's nerves. And in the back of the van, we, like, definitely got into it. Um, punches were thrown for sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to say I beat him up because I do have tons of respect for Sean. But You're much larger well, than you're, him, Yeah, bigger, yeah. bigger human. Yeah, yeah <laughs> A little more weight to throw around. It would just make yeah. sense that you would win. <laughs> Yeah. He's may- pretty wiry, I bet, though. He's wiry. Like Bruce Lee yeah. style. And, I mean, now he's, like, jacked. So yeah. I wouldn't want to go I mean, in minivan. he's in his full training now. mode yeah. right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> wouldn't want a minivan Sean right now, but. It was just classic uh, travel stress, I imagine. It was travel. And, like, we were young, and I don't know. We just. It happened, though. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like it can happen to anyone traveling. Yeah, that's happened, yeah, that's happened with plenty yeah. of the, the homies in the yeah. van yeah. or in the hotel. There's a, there's a moment. Yeah. Absolutely, of stress that pops up. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of angst, a lot yeah. of teenage angst. Especially yeah. Burton puts the two of you like together all the time, <laughs> like two ripping snowboarders. It's bound to happen. Yeah, at that point we were traveling a lot together, and uh, yeah, just that's a wild happened. time to be around yeah. Sean. And th- that like the rise of Sean seems like a- for sure. And like that's what I always have to tell people is like <clears throat> Sean's never changed. Like not like fame got to Sean or anything. He's been the same like the whole time. Ever since he was young. Yeah, he's just like, does Sean stuff, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. He's a competitive dude, and yeah. that's where he got where he was, is. And yep, totally. He goes fucking huge in the half pipe. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Well, let's uh, let's pivot uh, off of the Senor Blanco and keep it moving, because I, I'm curious. I like to call him Sean Juan. Sean Juan. Yeah, we'll call him <laughs> Sean Juan from here on out. So let's pivot into, at a young age, you started, like, getting into the Whistler backcountry. And, and who are your mentors? Because it, it's not... It's something you have to access via snowmobile too. Mm-hmm. So, so like a little kid on a snowmobile is kind of a, a wild scene. What what age did you start going to the backcountry, and who are your mentors? Yeah, bought my first sled when I was f- fourteen or fifteen, and I'd been doubled out a couple times before, like just to like pretty pretty close areas, build a little jump kind of thing. Um, but then when I bought my first snowmobile, <clears throat> Martin Gallant was like the dude who who would take us out all the time, and um, yeah, big big air horn for the godfather and uh yeah he would just like teach us all how to sled and how to look for terrain and everything really so i did like year or two with him and learned tons and then um kind of when i'm after that like i have to say like another person i learned a ton from was sheen campos (laughs) yeah he uh yeah big air horn sheen he uh he was like the self-proclaimed wizard. So oh, self, I, self-proclaimed. Yeah, so like, I like I, the snow the snow wizard. So like I learned 
the majority of my backcountry info from a self-proclaimed godfather and the self-proclaimed <laughs> wizard. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of other people in, in between, too, like everybody I would ride with. But uh, those two like definitely taught me a lot. You, you made a really interesting point talking about natural selection versus slope style, and I think age and experience. I think that was really fascinating when we were driving yesterday. Yeah, like how if you look at like Dew Tour, McMorris will be like the oldest dude dropping in. But then you look at natural selection, he's the youngest guy dropping in. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's just interesting. And also kind of shows longevity too, I think, within like backcountry riding where like Kind of can take you longer to get into it as well. So, like, maybe that can add to the age. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, just easier on your body. And, like, I think there's just way more options in the backcountry, too, to, like, you don't have to, like, be flipping and spinning all the time into ice. And then, uh, yeah, it's just, like, a lot of room to grow as an older snowboarder in the backcountry. Well, one thing that we should touch on, because, you know, a lot of people will never experience or have never experienced the Whistler backcountry. And so I, I kind of want you to, to paint a picture of it because, it, you know, the fact that it's above tree line, how vast it is, how big the hill climbs are, it's not something where you're just like, you know, in Utah you can pull off the side of the road, get a split board, and walk to the top of a mountain and rip some turns. It's not – there's not like a big barrier to entry, but Whistler you, you kind of have to have a snowmobile. You have to be mm -hmm. proficient at using it. You have to know where to go, avalanche safety, all that. And and I guess it would be cool to kind of, uh, like, I guess, paint a picture of, like, how far you guys go on this explore, exploration missions and what it's like going across the glacier fields and all that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I think once you start in the Whistler backcountry, like, even just the stuff on the side of the road is, like, kind of mind-blowing. So, like, as a kid, I remember going up the sled trail for the f my first time. I'm like, oh, my God, I built a jump there. I could build a jump there. I could build a jump there. <clears throat> but you're not even, like, there yet, you know? And then you just kind of, like, work your way out to the backcountry or, like, further into the backcountry. And, like, for us doing those long, like, long day missions, like, we didn't start doing those at all. Like, those were kind of, like, after a lot of them just kind of started when in, like, spring riding when you would, you know, you can travel long distances and you're looking for that good snow, and we'd find, like, all these, like, sick spots that were really far, and we'd be like, oh, if the snow was good, this would be sick. And so then we just started packing more gas and going straight to those, like, when the, when the snow was good. So that's kind of what prompted the, like, exploration. But we're really spoiled in, in the Whistler area because, like, you can connect so many zones where, like, Revelstoke or out here, like, you're kind of like you go to one zone and you're kind of stuck there because it's just like its own, its own mountain. <clears throat> Where in Whistler you can, you can connect like six zones in a row if you want. Like you could start in Pemberton and end up in Squamish if if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. Like it's pretty, uh, it's <clears throat> pretty it's amazing. Like the distance you can cover and everything is connected by like glaciers and yeah, it's just like a lot of opportunity and a lot of terrain out there. How long's the sled day? Like, what time are you getting up and how long are you riding your sled to get uh, to the spot? I'd say, like, on a spring day where we're, like, it's, it's like where we have a lot of sun. Like, maybe we'll start, like, maybe meet at, like, 6, 6.30, and, like, sometimes you're not down to, like, 9. 9 at night? <laughs> yeah, like, they're just long days. And, and then do back you know out there at 6. <laughs> yeah. many, uh, do you have an average, like, estimate on a kilo kilometers, maybe? Uh, I don't I've never actually, I've never tracked that, but, like, I think you could, I mean, you could get like a hundred and something kilometers to a tank, and like generally we're, we're we're filling up. 
So two tanks. Or, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like you got jerry cans hidden, or you just bring them with you. We just bring them with us. Wow. Yeah, I heard a story that there's a guy that works on sleds, and uh, in your area, and your sled always has the most KMs <laughs> on it at the end of the season <laughs> yeah. out of anybody he sees. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I definitely for a while. There's definitely I, I don't know if I still hold that, but I think like whoever ends up with my snowmobile at the end of the year is like maybe they're not that stoked. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause you sell it each year and get a freshie. Yeah, mm. yeah, cause like I don't know. I I depend on my snowmobile so much that I yeah I always just start with a new one because after when you get into the second year with like a lot of kilometers and just a lot of use on it, like. They get a little less unreliable. So everybody knows not to buy this, the old sled off. Kind of. I actually ran into this one guy one time. Like, we were way out there. And uh, and he's like, hey, this is your old sled. And his buddy was like, I, I don't I don't know these guys. And uh, his buddy was like, oh, no wonder it keeps breaking down. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. Dude, I was like, damn. I love, uh, Mikey took me out, of, I don't know how many years ago. Now. It was earlier in my backcountry snowboarding uh, learning curve. And I we get out there and we're we're getting like just in the first zone I think in Brandywine or something I look up and it's the best step down that would be in the greater three states of Utah or Jackson right like it's like pristine and I'm just like Mikey why don't we hit this and I think he said something along the lines like yeah I think uh, Martin brought me out here and I hit this when I was like 14 or something like that <laughs> and I was like okay noted uh, all right, and, we'll then, keep and going. then Dustin's like. Yeah, just put your horse blinders on and don't even look at anything till you get to Callahan, which is like <laughs> an hour sled ride. Like so, wow. you're you're. I don't know if I'm supposed to say zones or if it's secret yeah, or it's people fine. don't give a shit. But, yeah, um, just put your horse yeah, just don't even on. look at anything. So when you go with these guys, you like load up and you're just like going across across glacier fields and over valleys, and you've been on your sled for like a fucking hour. You're like, are we anywhere close? He's like, uh, a couple more ridges over, and you're like, Jesus! And then yeah. you get to the zone, and it's insane. And you know these yeah. names they come up with. Like, the earlier uh, zones have just been hit up and hit up, huh? So mm-hmm. you just got to keep going. Yeah, now they get like it's pretty busy out there too. So like the farther you go, the less people you're gonna run into, yeah. which is nice. And like, so there's a lot of people out there sledding. Yeah, up. it's crazy. Cruise. Uh, or is there a less, lot of just sledding? Less cruise and like more just like recreationalists like wow. <clears throat> in whistler there's like a lot of people that use sleds to just go shredding yeah and then uh, yeah then just tons of people sledding too wow yeah one thing i think is cool to talk about too is uh you, you know what you got 22 years in the backcountry at this point in whistler um i guess yeah yeah it, i guess with experience like when you go with mikey the one thing that is he's, he's a leader right you're gonna he's gonna make decisions we're going to go here. This is safe. This is where we're going to go. And, and I guess this is kind of a shitty question, but do, do you have, like, advice for people getting in the backcountry as far as, like, what, especially, like, as it pertains to snowmobiling and riding your snowboard, like, uh, as far as, like, good safety precautions and whatnot? Yeah, I mean, the f- the first one would just be, like, do your avalanche course for sure. <clears throat> and, like, you know, it's not like you just do one and you're good. Like, you, they're always, like, evolving the science and what the professionals know about about that so you got to keep updated on that and then you have to have all your gear too like you know you're gonna obviously have a transceiver probe shovel we take sat phones like kind of the the backpack gets bigger every year because you just kind of like figure out like oh yeah we do need ropes we do need a lot of things like 
yeah, just a lot of safety stuff, first aid kits. <clears throat> um, yeah, radios, like, got to have communication with your other crew, like, with the rest of your crew at all times. Um, yeah, so just being prepared, really, I think is the, is, that's the first thing you do. And then also just time, because you can't just think that you're ready and then just, like, go way out. You got to, like, <clears throat> baby steps. You got to you got to work your way into it. One thing that I think is important, too, to talk about is your crew, you know, and how dependent, really, if something happens, your life is in the people you're with's hands. Mm -hmm. And talking to Dustin, you know, we were out um, in Chatter Creek, uh, whatever, I don't it, it zone late season, and, and uh, you got, uh, we were all up, and he was riding a line. You rode a line and didn't rip out, and then Dustin dropped in, and the whole face slid, and Dustin told me his first reaction was, like, as he was in this avalanche, he's like, oh, we're good. I'm with Mikey. Mikey's got me. And, like, that's just, that's, you know, good to know. Like, when you're out with people, if you're out with, if you're the only experienced one, everybody's inexperienced, and that happens, that you might not get out alive, you know. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. It's like you can't, there can't just be one person that really knows what's up. Like, definitely, yeah, you need to, like, know that your crew knows what's up and, and that's, like, a lot of the time we'll do, like, an early season thing with the whole crew and just do a refresher course on on safety and things like that because, yeah, that's, like, the most important thing at the end of the day is getting back to your truck, like, getting getting home, you know? It doesn't really matter, like, everything, like, getting shots and going riding and riding powder. That's all great. But the goal is to get home. Mm -hmm. really. And, like, I don't want to make it sound too gnarly because no. it is great, you know? It's the best, but... You just have to have, like, all your ducks in a row to make sure you can have a great day. It is gnarly, though, so it's good to point that out. Uh, another yeah. another point, too, I think is cool with, with uh, talking about backcountry stuff is, like, when you look at, uh, like, teams, right? The way you came up, the way you are able to get in the backcountry was because the older guys mentored you, mm -hmm. right? So so you had Martin and stuff like that, and and then you're you're not really, like, the, the, the big way, <laughs> the guy making the calls, mm -hmm early on and you have to learn that and so i think it's important for teams like let's say you want to do a burton team movie like the younger guys like maybe take for example you know right now you're filming with like mikey uh, cicerelli and and stuff like that he's he can't go out on his own and like guide he has to learn from you and i think it's mm -hmm. cool how teams like in the backcountry you need a, a veteran to to teach people where to go and do you have anything to add to that yeah i mean i think like besides all the safety stuff and <clears throat> and whatever is like choosing your zone too. Like if there's a big wind event, you know, like where is going to be protected or like yeah, just like watching the weather and knowing the right spot to go that's going to match with like <clears throat> what's happened this pre the previous week or or whatever. So like that's something you just learn over time. So you don't like you're not going to just figure that out right away. You need to like have somebody with you that's going to figure it out and or that knows what's up. Like, that's why I learned a lot from, from Sheen where he was the snow wizard. Like he always knew where to go to find good snow, like in any case. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's something like you, you just learn over time. And the experience guys, it's so funny in Whistler. We, we go out there, video grass crew. We come up from the States. We have no fucking clue <laughs> what we're doing. And we're like all burying our sleds all over the place. We're, it's like 12 or one o'clock. We haven't even found a jump yet. And then we, you see, like, Devin and Mikey, and they're already on their way back to the truck. They already logged, like, 10 shots. <laughs> they're probably going to get, like, you know, and you're sitting there, like, 
damn, they're leaving already? We haven't even like <laughs> guys found anything yet. <laughs> and it's cool to see like the veterans really like you guys know where to go and where to get shots and how to be efficient. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you learn the light too. You're yeah. like, you're like, okay, this is going to be sunny. This is going to have sun on it in the morning. So we'll go there and then you change location. Like you just kind of, you learn to like just navigate and, and set up your day properly rather than like, you're like, oh, this looks sick. And then the shade comes and you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of already answered this with Chris's question, but I have another Patreon question. Um, and I'm just going to ask half of it since you answered it for him. This is from Drew Kennedy. And uh, on a big day in the backcountry, talk us through the routine of prep and packing for your trip, which you already answered. But another part of his question is, what's the most random item in your sled kit? Dude, it gets more random all the time. Like, I have a dog leash in my backpack because, like, that's my leash for my power surfer. That would be random if someone just, like, opened up my bag and they're like, he has a retractable dog leash. In, <laughs> in case uh, any wild dogs run up. Yeah, in, in uh, like, dog leash, hot sauce. Um, hot sauce sounds crucial. Yeah, you got to have the hot sauce. <clears throat> um what else is in there? Bunch of saws, different types of saws. <laughs> the saws are sick. Um, that would, I'd say the dog leash yeah, probably. Dog leash. Like Throw it makes sense off. to have it, but like if you just open up my bag, you'd be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Let's get into a guest question from none other than Ika Backstrom, aka the Eye Man. What's up, bombhole? What's up, Chris? What's up, Stone? What up, Mikey? It's Eye Man. Glad you're in the booth. I can't wait to listen to this episode. I have a question for you, Mikey. You always like to fuck with people with your hot sauce leaving on the table. How many meals do you think you've ruined over the years? And do you have a favorite story? Also, you're really heavily into rap music. What's the latest in your truck? All right. Thank you so much, guys. And hope you guys are having a good day. Bye. Yeah, man. Um, Those are good questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to say that first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Ika would always chip, like, the hot sauce collection at my house. But I always have, like, a couple ones that I call them joke sauces because you would never, like, act, like, volunteer to put them on your food. It just, like, it's horrible. But, um, yeah, so I'll kind of, like, if we're having dinner or something, I'll line up, like, some pretty standard stuff, and then I'll throw, like, a real hot one in the mix and – see who bites because <laughs> hot sauce is so funny too everyone's always like oh i'm a hot sauce guy like i can take the heat and like even if you are these sauces are crazy but um yeah and then you just watch people go to town on these joke sauces i actually just got my aunt so good at christmas she yeah like complete. ruined christmas dinner huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and she was just like walking around the house like yeah going crazy <laughs> but yeah definitely ruined a lot of meals but it's always worth it it's it's, it's a good joke I, we do it on trips too we'll bring them on trips and like break out some joke sauces <laughs> and you look over mikey's like sweating and like uncomfortable like like having a hard time like breathing <laughs> you're like yeah, that looks like a good meal <laughs> <laughs> no, i'll never really get into the joke sauce it's like just for or like sometimes do like a little like like, like, open it and like leave it there, like it's in use. <laughs> like you know? Pretend that you had some. Yeah, <laughs> but like, go for the. Other and you one. don't even want to touch the bottle on some of those. Oh man, yeah, they're gnarly. 
uh we just like i got a bunch of sauce for christmas and my lady's like she's like get them out of the house like, <laughs> we can't wash the dishes with the baby's stuff and like it's That's crazy probably true though actually. yeah 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 <laughs> but she's like yeah she's pretty adamant about it but uh yeah definitely ruined a lot of meals with the hot sauce but yeah it's worth it and then part two is uh rap music oh yeah rap music what's in the truck what's in the truck yeah uh i kind of like Rap these days, like, actually makes me feel pretty old because I'm like, oh, this new stuff is, like, woof. You don't like the new stuff? Not, I like, I'm like 50-50 on the new stuff. Some of it I really like, and then some of it's just crazy. Like, yeah, I can't even believe it. But, uh, yeah, so, like, I always make my own mixes, and I'll do, it'll be, like, some old, like, G-Unit, some 2 chains, ASAP Ferg, mm. stuff like that. Not that ASAP Ferg's, like, old stuff, but I'm... Um, and then, like, new stuff, like Roddy Rich or, I don't know. I kind of listen to everything. But, uh, yeah, it, that's a tough one, it's actually. It's tough to, I, to be thrown on the spot with new stuff because it changes by the month. Yeah, yeah like next totally. month there would be yeah. a totally different answer. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of hard to keep up with. For sure. And, like, so many people now just drop singles and don't drop the whole album. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not like I'm just listening to one full album at a time. But yeah, true. Uh, Rarely. Yeah, so, like... I definitely probably trend a little more to like older rap in as far as like my era, but um, yeah, I would dabble in some of the new stuff. Dope. What about video part songs? You probably picked a few uh, over the years. Uh not a ton actually, because like I don't know, like rap from like was always like kind of hard to pick. I thought because like sometimes the lyrics don't really match to like backcountry writing <laughs> that well. That's true. And then a lot of rap music is hard to get licensing for. So sometimes, like, I would get, like, Trevor Andrew used to, uh, like, like obviously did music and stuff, but uh, <clears throat> I would get, like, some rap songs from, like, him and his homies and then use his music as well. But uh, other than that, I didn't really pick many songs where, like, I always kind of thought, like, my best parts were when the editor chose the song because he was hyped to edit to it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of, like, trusted that route more. Like, because I think, like, a good video part song, like, like my favorite parts were songs that I would never listen to in my truck, but it works with the footage, you Good know? point, yeah. So. What about the yeah. Slim Thug Get Real part? Slim Thug, I did, I did play yeah. that for Joe, and I, like. That was a heater. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, like, I played that for Joe, like. Or he was, like, putting together some footage in the middle of the season. And he's like, hey, just give me a rap song. And I, I was like, oh, this Slim Thug album's crazy. And uh, he put that song on, and he was just like, we're using that. He was probably like, I like this. Yeah. We're going to use that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think this could work, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> totally. He's, he was feeling it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you yeah. just touched on Trevor Andrews. That's a cool <laughs> That's a cool little wormhole to go down because mm -hmm. he, you know what's crazy? He's like, a lot of the younger guys, they're like, oh, he's, a, he's an artist. They, like, mm -hmm. don't know that he was, like, bibs down doing the sickest McTwist bibs of all time. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And you've been homies with him along the whole the whole way, right? <laughs> yeah, long time. So you grew up snowboarding with him? and then uh, Yeah, I, I met him in, like, 97? Maybe before that. I don't know, Nationals, I remember. Because he's East Coast, and I'm uh, from Alberta. Newfoundland. Uh, Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, and then so I met him then, and then just like a lot of time through like going to Superpipe, Halfpipe camps, 
um, in Whistler or like in Squamish actually. Um, and then just like doing contests and stuff, hanging around Trev. And then, uh, and then later we filmed a lot together. Like, f- like we did the season for film wear it well. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, we like him and Browner were like kind of like older mentors to me and Sean. Like, uh, actually we did this, uh, Burton shoot in Argentina and me and Sean were the only like kids there. And Trev and Brown are like, they were like fucking with us the whole time. But uh, they like really kind of like took us under their wing. So cool. And it's it's awesome to see how he, he's become like a an A-list celebrity, mm-hmm. but he still loves kicking it with the homies that snowboard. <clears throat> yeah, no doubt. Like he was in Squamish all winter last year just shredding. And yeah, he still has his house there and just... Tell him you should tell a story about his remodel and how you guys got a little uh, piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, he just he just ran out his house in Squamish and he had it all painted up, super dope. Like, <clears throat> I don't even know if he knows this actually, but well, <laughs> <laughs> we went and, like cut all his drywall out, and uh, it's like sick, like Gucci Ghost art. Oh, really? Yeah, and I cut it up and I got it tested, no asbestos, so we're clean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got like three sick, like Trevor pieces. And uh, a couple of our other homies, like, have huge ones from, from his wall. Because he was remodeling it. <laughs> yeah. And guys were able to get in there. Yeah. Yeah, and just cutting like, a piece of... Probably some coin Cutting on, a piece on, of shit yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, do ha- I have a couple other pieces of his stuff, too. But, <clears throat> yeah, no, it's amazing. He's done such a sick job. Yeah, Gucci Ghost. So while we're on the subject... You know, going back to Whistler backcountry, it's cool because we haven't had a lot of people sitting in that chair that have like made a career in the Whistler backcountry, which a lot of pros have. So one thing that is wild with Whistler is the weather there. It'll just basically be socked in for a lot of the winter. And your entire video part can come down to eight, ten days of sun. Mm -hmm. And I I think it would be cool for you to explain that process of just being on it when it's good. That's where like it comes it becomes helpful that I'm there all year because I've already looked at all this stuff all winter and I'm like that's going to be good that's going to be good that's going to be good. So when it's like go time then we just go straight for that. <clears throat> Whereas I see that's why like a lot of old stuff gets hit all the time because like people get there and they panic and they're like ah let's just let's hit the form step down again or like, you know, like we're going to perfect jump. And, uh, yeah. So I think that's where like, I totally get it why people do that. But yeah, it's a, it's a real thing where like <clears throat> it cracks for like four days of sun in March and it like, you have to be on it for sure. Like even too, like there used to be the term miracle March. Like that doesn't really happen <laughs> anymore. Like, there hasn't been like a really good march in a long time, but <clears throat> yeah, you definitely gotta like. That's why you're having so long, such long days, because you're riding all day. Because the snow could be terrible the next day. Mm-hmm. You gotta like. After three it. days of sun in Whistler, your body you like can't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're long days, especially too. Then the sun's out and like you're cooked like every which way. And then the other thing that's wild too, thinking about the fact that you're above tree line. And the way the weather patterns come in is that I remember being with Arrow back in the day and the clouds were coming in and he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here right now. And you're like, what do you mean? He's like, we got to go now. And and you realize quickly, like as you're commuting out, the clouds come in and you're, you have 
where you can't tell which way is up. What's that called? Uh, you have vertigo. Yeah, you have vertigo, mm. and you're just like you can't tell if you're like on a hill or you're in the flat, and it's because there's no tree, there's no point of reference. You're just going across a glacier field, and who know, you know, and and that's yeah. kind of a wild thing with the conditions out there. Yeah, totally. Because like you're connecting all these zones via glacier, so you could be down and like thinking you're pretty comfortable, but to get out, you still need to go up across this other glacier down some other mountain like yeah definitely like that's something you learn too over time you're like when to just like okay let's get out of here so if you don't get out can you get is it gnarly or what if you're not leaving quick enough <laughs> yeah definitely some like i don't know of a like a snowboard film crew that's had to spend the night but like it definitely happens where like people have to spend the night that would be harsh yeah for sure now i kind of want to run it back to some of the earlier years um where I remember seeing my first time seeing you, and I know you've had parts before this, but like promo copy. How old are you in promo copy? 17. Yeah, just yeah. being in a video with the big dogs back then, huh? Yeah, that was a trip because like uh, <clears throat> we, I had done, um, we did like clockwork, which was like kind of my first like whistler part. I was like 14 or 15, something like, anyway. And then like when I was 16, I think I, I don't. Even, I think I like filmed with standard that year or something, <clears throat> but they didn't use any of the footy. And then classic. <laughs> I think that was the yeah. That must have been the year. And then, uh, and then Pascal Gallant and Sean Johnson were starting um, Defective Films, and then Pascal like I I knew him from like from his brother Martin and stuff, and he called me and and uh, <coughs> asked me to be a part of the. Of promo copy, which was sick because, like, they were just coming off of doing video gangs. And they were like, we got Laurie, Eddie, uh, Chris Coulter was doing it. Like, it was, it was a sick lineup. Yeah, I was like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so that was, like, that was a trip for sure. Wild to see 17-year-olds in the backcountry and learn. <laughs> it's that, something you don't see very often. But no. uh, I, I, I got to pivot here because I'm staring at your tattoo of uh, me too. of Street King. So <laughs> oh, that's your too. dog. I've been staring so at his that. Dog's, <laughs> his dog Street King yeah. is uh, – let's, let's give him a super air horn, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's the dog's name? Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Street and, King. And he uh, basically I, – I just got to ask. I know he had a problem. He had a little bit of a problem where he was uh, – Kind of addicted to like humping pillows a little bit. Yeah, he's a humper. How's he? Ah. How's he doing with the pillow humping lately? It's <clears throat> it toned down for a long time, but he's honestly getting some le like less walks now that the baby's around. Mm. So he's kind of like resorting back to a little bit of humping <laughs> for sure. Almost humped our son the other day, which was kind of crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it real quick. Jess was like, "Like, is he?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know what that was." <laughs> Uh, I wasn't gonna hump him. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but yeah, he's a beauty. So you gotta hide the pillows in the basement. Or? All the pi all the pillows are like downstairs, <laughs> and there's like there are some pillows upstairs, but like they're not the ones that he's like he like makes love to these things. Like really? Oh yeah, he like he like licks them, and it's a whole thing. It's a whole process. It's huh? crazy. Yeah, <laughs> he's a boss. Yeah, Street King. Yeah. What a dog! Boss. That's a great name. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, he's a good dude. Going, we're going to go back. We're all over the place here. We're going to mm. go back to some Miracle March talk because mm. I think about you and UC. You guys had some fucking great years together. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, I'm going to serve up a UC Oxen and guest question. <laughs> here we go. It's in a wind tunnel, What's I think. UC here, a.k.a. Klaus. Uh, you can ask Mikey about that great <laughs> nickname. Um, I have a guest question for Mikey. Um, 
I know he always has the best quotes of different shredders. I love to hear your uh, top three quotes, lines, all time impersonated, please. And then uh, maybe you can just remind me of some of the of the good old days, you know, the the rock and roll days. <laughs> Anyways, I miss you, brother. Love you. Bomb Hall, keep up the good work. Elvis says what's up. <laughs> Who do you think he is? Uh, so in that video he sent, which you'll be able to see if you're watching, if you're listening, he's in Palm Springs, like on a hike with his dog, and it looks like it's about 70 mile an hour winds, I think, out there. <laughs> wow. Might be in the middle of a tornado, potentially. <laughs> he's like, oh, damn it, I got to get this in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. <laughs> oh, Yuzi's the best. Uh, yeah, the Klaus. I don't even, like, Klaus was like some, like, He'd always be we eating, like, the craziest stuff. And w one of, like, these, like, snacks he would always eat was Klaus. And then, so me and Jeremy would always just refer to Yussi as Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, like, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm fumbling on the quotes. Like, the, the main one I can think of that we would always mess around with was, like, my first year, like, or the year we filmed with Joe Carlino for Get Real, me and Arrow were building Jump, and Carlino would be like, you know what they say? I was like, no, I don't know what they say. Always add another row of blocks. And I was like, who says that? <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, Jeremy and those guys. <laughs> and then, so, like, we would always just be like, you know what they say. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, but I'm like, Fumbling with the other, like, I don't know. I can't think of the other, like. I know you got a, a, Sean, a Sean White one. Yeah, the, uh, the Sean quote. I actually can't even remember it word for word. But, and I don't, like, for people that don't know, like, I always post, I actually got stickers of it made. But uh, it's this, when you go to Cypress Mountain in Vancouver, like, huge, like, as, as big as this wall, <clears throat> they have this quote by Sean White. And, like, whoever decided to print that quote, is crazy like he obviously like just arrived to cyprus and they were like sean what do you think of the mountain he was like uh he just won it but they and it doesn't make any sense but they printed it on the wall and it's gold so i made a sticker of it but i can't even remember like exactly what it says he's basically like yeah i've never been here before looks like a pretty cool spot it's a wild mountain <laughs> like something like that <laughs> um but oh man i'm yeah i'm totally spacing on like the exact the Carlino yeah. one I like because it's like, you know what they say. You should yeah. probably throw another row of blocks. Yeah. Like, you know, they do always say that out there, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember asking, like, telling Jeremy that, and he was like, we never said that. <laughs> I've heard people say it a lot, but it probably yeah. came from when Joe said it. <laughs> yeah, just, like, <laughs> now yeah. it's just a joke. When in doubt, throw up another row. <laughs> and what but. else did he He asked about t uh, touching on the, the glory years. Yeah, we, the juice box. Yeah, the we, rock and roll days. The rock and roll days. Yeah, oh man, because Yuzi has the sickest lingo because he's like Finnish, lives in California, but his wife is British. So like, <laughs> he'll like every once in a while like throw it like, oh, that's dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So he has like wicked lingo, and he'll always be like, oh, that was rock and roll. <laughs> but uh, we had like so many good years together. <clears throat> we did like the first year we filmed together. I think he was kind of like. Oh, I'm linking up with Mikey, and then but Ika was like, "Oh, you like, <clears throat> you guys will be good." And uh, we had a wicked year that year. 
Um, he took me to Tahoe. We like shredded in Abbott's Pass, and we had like good trips in Whistler. And he that was the year he had the the last part that was standing sideways. And then the next year we filmed was thirteen, which was an awesome year. Like <clears throat> he was doing real snow, the uh, like all early season. So we started like super early, and just like filmed as much as we could that was when the like the real snow backcountry had to be put in like by like january 15th or something like super early so we just started super early and then like by the time like mid-january hit we were like getting our best shots of the year kind of thing uh and then and then it just kept going all winter we had a really good year that year and then the next year we had another really good year like that was i was doing real snow that year as well and yeah we just had like we were definitely like in the groove, and then uh, and then yeah, we did four years together, and then one year after that. One thing talking to uh, Leyland, he said he's like there was a period of four years where Mikey, like, just didn't fall, which he was like that maybe be an exaggeration, but it felt like he'd landed every jump that you hit, and you're in that window. It seemed like I definitely fell, but like it was more. I think maybe more t- like. I definitely landed a lot. And it was more like I knew what tricks I could do off of certain features. Like I never was like like at a step down like, I need a back nine. I'm gonna try back nine off this. I just knew it wouldn't work or something like that. Like I just knew how to like pick the right trick for the feature <clears throat> and luckily it would work out. But uh yeah, we definitely had like a really good rhythm going on there for a bit. It was kind of funny too, because I after after the the real snow year <clears throat> that's when we had like a different boss at burton and he was like hey like the snowboarding you do isn't like really attainable and so we want to like kind of like get you guys out of whistler and then like ride more like mellow stuff kind of thing and and we were kind of like oh all right that sounds like fun <laughs> sounds nice but, but then at the end of the year they're like where's all the big jumps and we're like they're in whistler <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, like we were, we were like where's bun- all the big bunch jumps? of time in like Switzerland, like northern BC. Where else? We were traveling around, um, and it was a super fun year. But it was definitely like, like the boss at the time like tried to kind of tone it down. And then at the end of the year, they were like, "But, but where is this?" It was the same the guy who said it wanted big stuff. It was a diff- different oh, guy, different guy, different gotcha. guy. Yeah. Another thing that would be cool to point out is UC's program. About how he leave his truck, yeah, at the airport and just fly in. It was good. Well, you should break this down. Oh yeah, like his <clears throat> his travel scenario was like so dialed. So he lives in Encinitas, California, and he I just call him, be like, it's gonna be good tomorrow. Boom, he'd be there, and his truck and snowmobile was always at the airport, and he just like he'd just be there. And he just then paid the parking price. Oh yeah, it was to leave it. There. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then, like, 13 bucks a day. And then, like, if the snow went bad, like, a certain day, like, his flight was booked before we were in the parking lot. <laughs> and, like, he'd straight to the airport, go back, do family time, hang at the pool, chilling. And then, like, then he was right back whenever it was good. Actually, a crazy story I was thinking about yesterday. I was, I was flying here. I left it at the same, like, valet that he would leave his truck with. <clears throat> we were, it was me, Ejack, Benji, and Ika. And we were, like, pulling out of Squamish. We were going to the hot springs. And we're pulling out of Squamish onto the highway, like, north to, to Whistler. 
and I see UC's truck drive by, and it's like a very noticeable truck. It's got a Thule rack on top, Mizu stickers all over it, California plate. It was UC's truck, you know? And I'm like, UC's in California. And so we're going down, and I call UC. I'm like, you're like, I'm just double checking. I'm like, this is so weird. I'm like, where are you? He's like, I'm at home. I was like, I'll call you back. <clears throat> Flag the truck down. The guy's like, oh, okay, pulls over. I'm like, I go to his window. I'm like, you get this truck at the airport? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, this is my friend's truck. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yes, it is. And anyway, big melee, like, <clears throat> I was I, I thought he was crazy and he thought I was crazy. But long story short, he was going to pick up his daughter's boyfriend's truck, so he didn't know what truck it was. And the valet <laughs> brought around Yusi's truck and just randomly like we passed it on the highway. Wild. So he gave him the wrong truck? They gave him the wrong truck, yeah. And then like Yusi ended up like meeting the guy. Oh, I took a photo of this dude because I was like I was like, you like I was yeah. getting, I was pissed. I, I like I thought he stole Yusi's truck. And uh, so I took a photo of him, and then UC, like, put it on the internet later, like, oh, this is funny, like, told the story of the track, and then this this girl wrote on his Instagram, that's my dad. <laughs> and then so, like, then, he, then UC ended up in contact with the dad, and the, the guy was like, or UC's like, hey, sorry, like, if my friends were, like, a little aggressive. And uh, the guy was like, yeah, it was kind of crazy, but, like, all good, I get it. <laughs> it was his truck. Yeah. Kind of on the valet wild. company. Another, oh, yeah. <laughs> another point about ta talking about the UC thing, he was explaining like just the, how wild it is. Fly home to California, and then you fly to Whistler, and he was like, I was basically a stuntman. Like, you, you, you know, he doesn't snowboard, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden he's just on top of like a 70-foot step down, and he's been like at the ocean the day before. It's like oh, so yeah. wild. Dude, he, <clears throat> he's unreal. Like, there's not, like, his level of talent is like, you know, like a 1% kind of thing. Like one day me, Jeremy, and UC were hitting this jump and me and Jeremy got tricks on it, but UC was like battling a front double, front double 10 on it. And then the clouds came in and he was so like, he was like, <clears throat> he was pissed. So the next morning, like 7 a.m., so the landing is like rock solid at this point, bomb holes all over the place and stuff. The jump is like, super icy he's like i'm getting that first try front double 10 and then we moved on and he threaded <laughs> the needle in the ball hole yeah he knew where to go yeah that's that's another wild thing is being yeah. able to navigate off the takeoff and find the the sliver it's crazy in his, in his part in 13 that's it's his front double 10 that's that one it's like the next morning like that was at like seven in the morning and we were like moved on to the next thing by like seven twenty a.m kind of thing Wild. That's crazy. Let's st let's stay on thirteen because that was one of your best video parts ever. That was <clears throat> yeah, fucking. Sure. You're you're in the fucking sweet spot. You're <clears throat> you were rolling. Yeah. yeah. Um. And tons and tons of bangers. You have that that giant uh like back ten. And then the, there's the front ten. And then let's talk about that the ender session on the chief. Yeah, that was like one of the sickest sessions, and and that was something that that was a feature that Devin showed me, and like I think Devin. It's a like that thing has never filled in since we hit it that time. And Devin would always like drive to it just to check it out. And then I know like I think the year before maybe Devin and Lonnie Kauk hit it. And um and then me and UC went to it, but it's like it's kind of like you have to build all the jump on the rocks. And uh Oof, that's the chief? Yeah, that's chief. And then there's Blotto and the, I think that's Blotto in the middle there. 
or back when he used to go to Whistler. Fish yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we just had such a good session on that thing. I hit it four times, and I had four tricks, and I think UC hit it four times and got three tricks. You don't get jumps like that in Utah. <laughs> Sweet spot every that, time. Sweet spot. It was, I remember when we were hitting that too. The first, the front three, the first track one, um, like. The DC guys were just heading back to Callahan, so it was like Anthony, Torstein, Ika, and they all watched the first one. Man, that's dope. And yeah, that was just such a fun session. Like, so question: <laughs> You went first. You went front three. Yeah. So you're on a you're on a giant step down, and you got to figure out you got to figure out speed. How is the how how was the the state of mind at the top for that? Mm, I like. I would like to think I'm, like, pretty good at figuring out speed, but, I mean, sometimes, obviously, it, it goes wrong. But uh, I kind of would rather overshoot than undershoot. Um, so I always just calculate a little bit more. <clears throat> I have this weird thing, too, where, like, like a lot of people do, like, speed tests without their goggles on. And I figure, like, you can, I don't know, like, you're never really, like, like, that's not how you're going to hit the jump. So, like, I just get ready, like, I'm, like, ready to hit it. And then I do my speed tests, and uh, yeah, it worked out. <laughs> that was sweet spot, just money from the three. first one was actually like a little bit far. It was, and then okay. we toned it down a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and like since I, we were kind of spinning both ways on it. Like UC was going switchback seven. I think he did what he did a switchback one and switchback seven. I think or maybe a cab five. And then yeah, I did front three, front five, cab five, front seven, <clears throat> and um. Yeah, it was just like worked out for sure. That was like one of the first, probably the most like memorable session I've ever had. I think it was just like everything worked out, and and then and then we moved on after that, and we like I don't know, it was a day for sure. We we like rode so much that day. It was super sick. We talk about it like uh, on the show a lot. It's kind of beating the dead horse, but the the snowball of confidence. Like when you get mm -hmm. rolling, you start mm -hmm. getting a couple clips and you start landing, mm -hmm. and then you're like, then you kind of just like your confidence is high. So you're like, oh, I'm gonna land on this next thing. Yeah, and that seems like you're kind of like apexing, <laughs> and you're yeah. like confidence with UC. You guys are going all winter. You're landing everything, and you're like, holy shit. Now I gotta yeah. ask, how was the clip high after that? When you land and you get bangers, and you're like. On, on cloud nine, do you get pretty good clip high? For sure. Definitely. <clears throat> it's kind of like an unmatched feeling. And that's what I kind of hated about double corks too because, like, I kind of, like, I love double corks, but I kind of hated them at the same time. And, there like, there was a time where you had to do double corks, you know? And it was like, oh, I hate that I have to do this double cork, but the feeling you get after you land it is, like, unreal. So, yeah, it's just, like, <clears throat> it's its own feeling in its own. It's pretty amazing. What about the clip high from, uh, did you do, I think it was front 10 double on perfect jump, right? Yeah. How was that clip high? How was that, how was that <clears throat> yeah. jump session in general? That was good. I'm trying to think. Uh, that was, like, early in the season. And I actually always, like, because perfect jump, it's, like, to people that know, don't know, it's a, <clears throat> it's a just a, it's like a gap jump and people call it perfect jump, but it's far from perfect. Like it has a like pretty harsh compression and I always hated perfect jump. Like I never would really have a good session on it, but UC was like, let's go to perfect jump. Like, yeah, let's do it. So we hit it the year before. I think I did like front nine cab seven and UC, I think UC got kind of messed up. 
I can't really remember at this point. But anyway, or no, he did switch back seven. Then the next, when I did the front double ten, he, <coughs> he got he got kind of messed up. But uh, yeah, we were just I don't know. We just like put a jacker on it, and I don't even remember if that was my first trick choice on it. But anyway, yeah, it worked out. And then I remember after that, UC was like, "Dude, it's like early January, and you already got the last shot for your part." And I was like. No, I'll get something better, but <laughs> that was like that was the last shot of the part. And that one seems insanely high speed, and then you're just shot out of a cannon. Yeah, totally. Like that's because it's such gnarly compression. You can't really do a big setup turn. So like, yeah, you're just straight into that thing, really, and then just <laughs> let her go. Beautiful. Um, we've been going for a while. I think it might be time for you know what, buds. Name that video part. <laughs> Name That Video Part is presented by Mammoth Mountain. Uh, they support the show. You should support them. They're doing a really cool deal. If you know the the kind of guest Name That Video Part, they're going to give away four lift tickets if you're the first person to comment on Instagram when this comes out. The way we pick our winner is on Mikey's thumbnail photo, the first comment with the correct answer. And that's how we always uh, pick it on, on Instagram. And if you ride there, be sure to tag at Mammoth Mountain. And let's be honest, Sunny Park Laps in Mammoth, can't be beat, right? Can't be beat. I, I've had a few good powder days, but I, I live for the the park ride in there. Mm-hmm. High speed quad. You're freaking getting those reps up. Best parks in the world right there. Props to that crew. Good park crew. If you're thinking about uh, looking for a good little place to go ride, check out Mammoth Mountain. Now, with that being said, Mikey, what's your confidence level? Zero through ten. Seven. Seven. That's pretty pretty solid. The only thing he told me was like he said pre like YouTube parts like he he needed like mm. DVD era. That yeah, I kind of get lost in like, like there's just fair. so many things that go up on the net now. Like definitely when it was like DVD era VHS, that's when I like watched lots yeah. of stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> multiple times. Same. YouTube era, there's just a lot of content. Totally. Okay, here we go. I gotta crank that seven down. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a couple of hints. Let's crank okay. that seven down to a three. Uh, it had something to do with uh, Pascal Gallant, uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier. With your earlier projects, you were in. Was it a promo copy? It was. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Video he's in, for the record. I saw that movie a lot too. You can say this guy's a friend of yours. Oh, oh it's Arrow. Yes, it it's is. Arrow. Okay. You got him there. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. No, you got it. <laughs> okay. You got it. You just okay. needed a couple breadcrumbs. Some, yeah, some hints. So we uh, got uh, this. Oh, is, a box of swag. So we got a box of swag in here. <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. Thank you. Bombhole goodies. You got Gift box. Bombhole. We got these new bombhole hoodies that I'm currently wearing. Uh, that Thank you. You can buy on bombhole.com. We got mugs. We got all kinds Big of hot, burgundy cat. hot new items. We got socks. I believe Dude. we got a deal. If you spend over $75, you get a free pair of socks free with your purchase. Socks. Damn, there's a bunch of stuff in yeah. there. Thank you, guys. Also, check out bombhole.com. We've been hosting some like projects on there. We got uh, the Capita video, Paper Tiger. We have... Excellent movie, Yeah, Paper all Tiger. kinds of stuff on there. So there's other stuff than just the podcast. So be sure to check out bombhole.com. And uh, let's get into part two. Uh, with uh, This is the for the four Mammoth Lift tickets and some, some bombhole swag. 
Swag or swag? Swag. More of a swag. Swag. Okay, here we go. Good song. That's a classic. You probably know that one. I know that one for sure. Say it and we'll beep it out. Yep. That's correct. A uh, little breadcrumb for this. Uh, big time mammoth rider for that one too. And uh, thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. <laughs> All right. Name that video part was a win. Uh, we're going to count that as a win, right? It's a win. It's touchy. Yeah, touchy. I do remember it now, though. Maybe we'll put an asterisk next to it. <laughs> uh, you guys were both nominated for for writer of rookie of the year that year, right? <laughs> yeah, Transworld Rookie of the Year was me and Arrow. Arrow took her home. I would like mm. to see Arrow back on the steel, but you know, he although he hasn't probably snowboarded in five years, but he does go snowboarding like occasionally. But uh, <clears throat> and he's like a UC too. Like he could like not riding, and he'll like he'll go switch back nine something. Okay, I got a question for you. Out of everybody you've been with, so in the backcountry, to, to give a little reference, you're going off the jump and landing, your your percentage is important. Like your mm-hmm. your your time spent, land, like it's not, a, not everybody walks away with a shot when you hit a backcountry jump. It's, it's, it's not an easy task. Who has the highest landing out average out of anybody you've ever seen in the backcountry? Uh, Mickle, for sure. Mickle? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait, what's he batting? What you, what's his average? You think? Uh, dude, I like. I, I'm not. I don't know. Like necessarily what that term means, but uh, his percentage. Like of, his percentage. He's like in the nineties for 90s. sure. Nineties. Like, <clears throat> incredible. He'd be batting nine hundred. Then I think is what that would be. So okay. that batting okay. average. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, he's like he's unreal, and like you can tell. As soon as he takes off, if he's going to land or not. Like, just, like, the way his body positioning is and stuff. Like, if he's on it on the takeoff, it's all good. And another another point is you guys both ride boards in the 170 era, mm, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we both ride 170s. I kind of I got that from Mikkel, actually. I was riding, like, a 62 for a long time, and then I was riding 166. And then I snapped my board in half on a tree one trip, and I didn't have an extra board, so I was riding Mikkel's extra board. And I was like, this is... <clears throat> this is sick. I'm gonna, and it kind of, I t- at the same time too, I switch back to camber. I feel like the camber boards ride a little bit shorter, almost like I was riding a flying V, which is like kind of a hybrid. And uh, you're just like a little more centered on the board, and I just felt like it. It felt like a smaller board a little bit, so I was like, I'm gonna boost it up a little bit. Plus, I'm six too. Like it doesn't really look like a huge board on me. Mm-hmm. It's a big board. Now, another question I got for you. Uh, last night we were uh, we were riding Woodward, and uh, the kid was on the steel. He was serving up some fatty frontside lip slide fakies, Ooh, front lip fakes. Right. And uh, I noticed over the course of your career, haven't seen a lot of rail tricks. Uh, I don't think I've seen any actually. And, no. and uh, <laughs> w- what's going on? What's your relationship with uh, handrails? Relationship? Like, yeah. How would you describe your relationship with handrails? Yeah. Like there was a there was a time when I tried to ride rails, like. Like, I never went on a rail trip to, like, get, a like, a, a, a rail shot for my part. But, like, I thought I could, like, maybe enter the conversation. <laughs> just a conversation. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just, like, would never, was never good at them. Like, I could, like, board side a kink rail. That was kind of, like, my highlight. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just was never good. But, like, I was all about it, like, you know, like, 
foreign movies, like I'd always like, I always had the like a little jib in my backyard that I'd try to like mess around on and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I just I I just like wasn't good at them. Have you been on any rail trips straight up? Uh, I went on one rail trip like with uh, Simone and Laurie, like for a promo nice. copy. But it was more like because I'm from Alberta, so I was kind of like, oh, I'll show you guys some rails around Calgary. Like that, I I just knew a couple, and um, so I was with them on a rail trip, but I didn't hit any of the rails. Uh, it's like you, you, you know, like, stood back, let them do their thing. yeah. Like those dudes are so good at what they do. It's like I'm not gonna board slide this thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those fins, they yeah, there's something in the water there with the with the rails. Mm-hmm. Calgary has a good scene right now too yeah totally it's sick yeah t- so many sick shredders from there and like yeah putting yeah. out videos and yeah totally okay i'm gonna change gears actually before we change gears on the rest who's your favorite rail rider it's a good question like maybe the stuff i always like loved watching was like justin benny nice <clears throat> and like i guess he didn't like he would hit rails but like he would like maybe more like a street rider you know like i always loved his like nollies and shit like that mm-hmm. and like going up the stairs and airing off like I don't know. I always love watching his stuff, Six Style. Um, these days, like, Jed is unreal, like, just in the middle of his board all the time, like, through mm-hmm. all that. Um, but there's really, like, it's so impressive. Like, I, and I get lost watching rail stuff. I'm just like, whoa, what, <laughs> what is going on here? But, um, yeah, off the top of my head, like, Jed and... Uh, good answers. Yeah, great yeah. answers. Well, we're going to get into a guest question uh, from one of... Uh, a Mountain Dew team rider. Mountain Dew is a big supporter of the show, so thank you guys. And this is from Mountain Dew team rider Danny Davis. Also, fellow Burton team rider. Here we go. Who has the best method in snowboarding? Could be 30 years ago, could be today. Go. Uh, yeah, that's easy for me, Jamie Lynn. Because I think, like, forever everybody tried to do the Jamie Lynn method. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, he was my favorite rider growing up. And you're, and you're goofy. Goofy, too. So you and can emulate it. Yeah, and there was, like, there was a time where goof, there wasn't, like, a lot of goofy riders. So it was like, just a little fun fact. But um, Jamie Lynn, for sure. Good answer. Favorite goofy-footed rider? We're just getting hard-hitting hard 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 questions. questions. I mean, I don't think I have a favorite goofy-footed rider, but, like, Jeremy... Dave Downing. I don't. I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question. Put you on the spot. You're gonna think yeah, yeah. when you're flying home tomorrow. You're gonna be like, shit. I should have <laughs> said this person. Totally. I'm like, I'm spacing it for sure. Um. Yeah. That's tough. No. That's. I, I feel like you always grab. I always gravitate towards people that have the same stance as me when you're watching because you can like picture it better. But uh, let's go back into. Let's talk about a, a topic that is um, near and dear to both of our hearts. Probably none of the listeners, so we're probably going to lose everybody. Let's, but let's talk about snowmobiles now. You're uh, you're on the turbo, right? Turbo. Yep. Now I'm I'm on a naturally aspirated. I got an 850. Um, sell me on the turbo. What's what's going on with this thing? It's just it's just a whole other animal. <clears throat> it's great, and like I don't, I hate like tinkering and stuff. So last year when they offered it, just like stock off the floor, turbo, pump gas. I was all in, and uh, yeah, <clears throat> it's pretty unreal what it does. And then, yeah, this is my second turbo this year. It's sick. It seems like I my snowmobile goes everywhere it needs to go. It's like I feel like I with a turbo, I have to like the things that you could climb. It's just 
you like get up there and have to just like leave your sled up there. Like I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, you're just like uh, <laughs> I know because I was like, oh, we're not gonna have to hike anything anymore. We can tandem everything. Like to <clears throat> for t- tandeming people that don't know, it's like when we double a rider up to the top so that they can snowboard down. And uh, but sometimes the turbo is too much on the tandem, like. Like the driver can have control, but the person that's holding on with the board in their hand, it's like it's too much. Like it's like it's ripping your arm out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's hard for sure. Um yeah. It's it's aggressive for sure, but it's sick. It's so fun. So it's a must must have purchase. Okay. Yeah. Add to cart. Okay. Yeah. Add to cart. You have to be an yeah. add to cart. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love it. I can't believe you don't have one, to be honest. Yeah, my sled's kind of just beat to shit right now, and yeah. I love that. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like I've ran into trees, the bumpers bent it in. There's and nothing you can do to it. It's huh? like I, it's like a utility vehicle. Like we at the cabin, we use it to tow sleds around, and it's like I like having a sled that's like, oh, it just rolled into a tree. Sweet, no big deal. If I bought a brand new twenty five thousand dollar turbo, I'd be like. Yeah. Oh my God, I rolled it. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, but I, like that's how I am with snowmobiles because I, I do get a, I do a new one every year, <laughs> and it's like strictly like a work vehicle for me. Like it's strictly to go snowboarding, <clears throat> so I don't really like give a shit about it. <laughs> what What about how's the triple? How often are you tripling? Uh, you guys trip rarely. Yeah, like if we'll do runs and the roads like really nice to snowmobile up, mm-hmm. we'll do a, an occasional triple. Well, you guys, you you're huge. Like you're you're six two, mm-hmm. and then Mickle's what? Yeah, six he's two? like six two, six three. Those are two big dudes. If yeah. you if you're if you have like smaller human beings, you can triple weight. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that <laughs> for sure. Like like my girlfriend when she's on the sleds, like she's in the middle. It's like there's it's we might as well be doubling. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Totally. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about paving now. Uh, I noticed you you send uh, you kind of pave the road out to. To Callahan a lot of times, Greg. Yeah, we do a lot of paving. paving. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's when you track out all the powder. (laughs) And (laughs) I actually originally got that from from Pascal. He'd be like, ah, man, don't go out there. It's paved. (laughs) 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 So I was like, I'm taking that. (laughs) So, yeah, we just just go pave. We break out the steamrollers and just (laughs) plow her down. What about about the, the chicken coop? Chicken coop. Yeah, that's like a zone where we go snowboarding, and we used to call it the chicken coop because that's where the roosters go to play. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sick spot for snowmobiling and a great spot for snowboarding too. But Yeah, I remember getting – it was like – it was kind of an honor to be brought back to the coop. It's kind of an elite – it's like a elite it's zone. a Mikey little golden nugget kind of area. It's funny now. Like I hear people like, oh, we were back in the coop. But like they don't know – Like they, they have no idea why it's yeah. called that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the names are insane. There's also like when you're cruising around, like I don't know who the fuck comes up with the names. Like, dude, there's Project X, and you're like, <laughs> I named Project X. <laughs> you named Project X, yeah, because it was like there's like this glacier moraine, and it formed like it looks like from afar, it looks like a half pipe, and that's when Sean had the Project X half pipe. So we're like, oh, we're going back to Project X. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Names are I can't even think of some of the other ones that are just amazing. Though. <laughs> Let's get into the pub beer crapshoot. Now, pub beer is a big supporter of the show. If you're thinking about hammering uh, one or two beers, get some pub beers. If you're thinking about uh, maybe drinking 19 to 25 beers and uh, blacking out and, like, urinating in your pants, also pick up some pub beers. Cheap, fun beer. Their motto is cheap, fun beer. Um, How is that thing, Mikey? It's delicious. Delicious? Okay. Let's get into the crapshoot. Here we go. Welcome to the Pub Beer Crap Shoot. I want 
All right, we gotta find you some dice here. We gotta find the dice. Yeah. So you just roll that dice. Okay. Woo, 11. 11. Okay, this is a this is a good question. It's a quality. Thank you. The guys over at Pub Beer came up with this. So, 11. If you had to be Siamese twins with one person in, in industry, who would you want to be stuck with? <clears throat> That's like when you're attached to the person? Yeah, you're mm-hmm. physically attached. Uh, part of me is like McMorris because like... You know, you'd be on the PJ, you're cruising around, you're in all the suites, you're having a good time, but then you're, like, flipping a bunch into ice, so. I don't know, I gotta go with, like, let's go with Dustin. He's riding powder, low-key. Dustin Craven? Oh, yeah. Good <clears throat> conversation going on, probably. Yeah, drinking some beers, chilling. Solid, that's a solid, solid answer. I think we should, uh, since you brought up Mark... We actually happen to have a uh, buzzer beater guest question from none other than Mark McMorris. <laughs> here we go. Mikey Renz, Mark McMorris here. I hope you are enjoying your bomb hole. I can't wait to have a listen. Um, quick question here. What was your favorite part about the Standing Sideways tour? And did you happen to pee the bed at all during the tour? Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> A good question. Favorite part of Standing Sideways? I think Standing Sideways is when we did a big Euro trip. Um, sorry, some of them are kind of like morphing together. Yeah, to twenty-seven which years on Burden, it's got to be tough. Huh? Yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, we did a big like Euro stint where we were like we had this bus and we were doing a different city every night. <clears throat> that was awesome, and like we would always mess with Solars. He was always the first to pass out. And, uh, yeah, we just mess with solars every night. Um, but I th- I'm thinking of, like, on s- we were in New York, and uh, McMorris passed out, and I drew all over his face. And we had to stop the next morning. And uh, he, he got it all off, whatever. It was all, it was all good. But um, I remember Terry being so mad, like, like who, who, uh, who drew on Mark's face? I was like, I don't know, dude. Someone just came in here and like <laughs> went crazy on him, and he was like, oh, he was so mad. He was actually mad. He was super mad. Like, don't mess with Mark. <laughs> um, but uh, and then I don't even think I'd peed the bed on that trip, to be honest. On that trip, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It seems like he peed. Like, yeah. judging Someone by the question, the it seems like he peed the bed. <laughs> I definitely have. I definitely have. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like partying and then it has it has happened for sure now on the subject of partying we got to get into just one of my all-time favorite party stories and that has to do with um a microwave and a boot <laughs> yeah microwave and a boot mm-hmm. out in a boot we're cu- cooking the boot yeah can yeah. you can you just ex- walk us through the, the that that uh situation yeah <laughs> yeah well I don't know how we got to that situation, but I think we were we were all in a hotel room in Whistler, and we were having a great time. Pretty sure Dustin was naked or no no shirt on. Yeah, that makes sense. He was probably naked. Yep. And there was a bunch of us in there, and it had been like multi days, right? Like mm-hmm. we were like, and Monster <laughs> rented the entire hotel. Yeah, it was yeah. only Monster people. 
Yeah, and we could kind of we could do whatever we wanted, and like each room was joined, so it was just like a huge hotel party. Wow! And we were just cooking a bunch of stuff, and then we ended up throwing a boot in the microwave, and then we all just stood around. Whose boot? I think it was mine. Yeah, like it was like a yeah, it was yeah. like yeah, like a not like a snowboard boot. It was yeah, oh, okay. And we just all watched it like circle around the microwave, and we all chanted. Cook that boot. Cook I, that boot. I remember it a little more vividly as okay. cook that boot. Cook that cook that boot. Cook that boot. Cook that boot. Cook that cook that boot. Cook that boot. Cook that boot. Cook that cook that boot. And there's like fucking twenty-five people in the kitchen chanting cook that boot for like four minutes. Watch it spin around. Mikey throws the thing back on his foot and like the soul is like oh, yeah. the soul like was kind of disconnected. Yeah, it, like, it, was it was cooked. It was cooked. Yeah, that yeah, that wow. was the time. Actually, <clears throat> to a to bring back a pee story on that same trip, I was like, <clears throat> I was sleeping in bed, and all of a sudden I wake up to my computer like pew pew pew, like going crazy. I was falling asleep <laughs> like watching movies and stuff, and uh, and I'm kind of like whoa, and I and I'm like my computer's like short circuiting. You peed the computer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like first first I was like. Uh, I was like, whoa, someone just ran in here and like threw water all over me kind of thing. <laughs> I was like, threw water all over my computer because it wasn't on me. That's what was tripping me out. And then I was like kind of like regaining my composure. I'm in the hotel room. Like no one's in my room. I'm like thinking about it. And then I had this flashback of just like kneeling up on my bed and peeing all over my computer. <laughs> oh, no. You had a flashback? Yeah. I was happened. like, damn it. So that was the most expensive pee ever. You actually peed in the computer. Yeah, like all over the keyboard and it was the old done. computer urinal. Yeah. Slap some respect yeah, and urinating heard of that. on the on <laughs> never the computer. heard of anyone doing that. <laughs> no, me neither. I've seen people like urinate in the closet mm-hmm. or maybe in a plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I peed on a TV once too. Oof. Yeah. Electronics. Yeah. But I didn't ruin the TV. Just wetted it down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just gave it a little soak. The but computer the com- was done. The computer huh? was done. Should have thrown her in a bag of rice. Well, well, it was past that point. I think. Past the point. While we're still, let's let's stay on the subject of uh, of boozing because there's some other some other good ones. Um, I li- I like how um, you know when we were in camped out in the RV and chatter, uh, there was some there was some some good boozing going on there. Uh, and at one point, I believe you lost a you lost a flop. <laughs> yeah, lost my flip flop in the river. <laughs> yeah, we brought like a bunch of tarps out. And we made a sweat lodge on the on the side of the river, like just beside our RV. Should oh. explain exactly what that is because that was incredible. Oh uh, yeah, so we like basically made like an A frame with a bunch of wood, and then covered it with tarps, put snow all around it, and then you have a fire outside with a bunch of rocks in it for like a couple hours, and then you shovel the rocks into the middle, and you all gather around and <clears throat> pour water on it, like a makeshift sauna kind of thing, and uh, and then you go into the river. Cool down, back into the sweat. And, uh, yeah, I just lost a flop. You, mm-hmm. you, you, <laughs> love, you love that I lost the flop. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, oh, I was filming with my iPhone. I'm like, where's the flop? He's like, she's a goner. He's like kind of like cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> she's a goner. Yeah. I don't know, you're eating a slice of pizza, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. That was good times. Another thing to think about, too, when we were, we were out there, like, it's like the weather was shit for, like, it's like, should we leave? It's like, no, no, we're staying. Like, yeah, we're everybody <laughs> else left, and we were like, we got food for 10 days, we're staying. Yeah. Nobody was there. Yeah. Just us. 
Just going out there. cloudy every single day. Like you go these, out anyway. These so guys are cloudy. boozing pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. So we've had the pleasure of filming. We did Get Real together, which was mm-hmm. cool. That was a fun project. Yeah. Um, and I always love you, you back five form, step down, and then you have the quote at the end, uh, happiest guy up Brandywine. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Someone just brought that up again recently. Like someone said that to me and I was like, what? And then they had to remind me. It's in the movie, right? Yeah, so okay. it's okay. after it, after your part. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, someone said that to me recently, and I was like, what are you talking about? I've used it before. I'll, like, if I land a really good trick, I'll be like, happiest guy in Utah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great quote. Nice. Uh, it's also a testament to your character, too. So you go out. It's like, like you get shit done, but you have a good time. Um, and then we went on to film Resolution mm-hmm. and Pepper, yep. which were super fun projects. Got mm-hmm. to go out with you for those. But one thing that I don't know if a lot of people know, it seems like you were really private about that, but I didn't really know at the time. I know your your girlfriend um, was battling cancer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that seemed like a tough time for you. Yeah, I think that was the resolution. Resolution. Yeah, yeah. resolution year. Yeah, sh- and she was doing chemo, like, all the whole winter. So, like, yeah, doing her chemo appointments and stuff, and which was uh, pretty heavy duty. And then... Um, yeah, there was, like, I remember the one night we went out, and I didn't bring it up till like, later in the day, but I was, like, ah, like, we were in emergency all night until, like, 4 in the morning. So, so yeah, it was just, like, a really, uh, really uh, shitty situation, but uh, it all ended up positive. And, yeah, just kind of. <clears throat> You're with her yeah. today? Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's rad that everything went smooth. Yeah, totally. For sure. Like, you know, obviously there's a lot of, like. A lot of that going around. So. Yeah, more than there used to be, it seems Yeah, like. no doubt. So it's like, <clears throat> yeah, crazy situation to go through. And even just as a bystander, mm-hmm. you know, just being there with her for it. But uh, A lot of hard moments. Yeah, super heavy. And then just like. Um, you kept it on the down low, though, huh? Well, I didn't, like, I don't know. I just like, I didn't really keep it on the down low. I just wasn't, she, well, it was more on her. Like, she didn't want. She didn't want to, like, broadcast it yeah. to a lot of people because she didn't want people the to, attention. like. Yeah. And uh, so it was, like, kind of on the down low. But, yeah, we were just, like, dealing with it. Doing your thing. On our, on our own a little bit. That makes bit. sense. The, the thing from our perspective that was while we were out one day, I don't remember where what zone we were in, but, like, it, it was later in the day. We had woken up at 6 and went snowmobiling all day, and this was, like, in the afternoon. And Mikey just kind of casually was, like, we were at the hospital till like, 4 or something in the morning last night. Bam. And so, like, it was, you know, th- this is the way I ad- admire about your character is that, you know, you probably didn't sleep. You know, you got back. You either slept for an hour or didn't. I don't know the scenario. But you went up. You you were the only reason we were able to go where we were, we were dependent on you to go get clips because you were our guide. And you went out and you helped us get, sh- I don't know, remember if we got clips or not or whatever we did. But And you didn't even, like, express. And you just were happy and and you didn't. Like, that. that's a a testament to your character. I, I always admired that, how you're, you're able to handle that. And not like, com- not, not that it's something to complain about, but you mm. were just like, just your normal self. And it's cool that when people are going through adversity to still be able to, to, you know, have a good time and be themselves. And that's cool. Yeah, totally. Thanks. And like, I think a lot of it was, was her whole energy going through it too, where she was like, you know, we were going to deal with it and we're going to get through it. And we don't, we don't need to like have a bunch of pity from people, and 
or you know like she, she just really didn't want the attention of, of it all so it was kind of like we're just gonna do it and then uh and hopefully it all goes good and kind of and then move on mm-hmm. and now then you now you're a father mm-hmm. she, she's a mom and yep. you guys have your son chili yeah and you had to wait two, chili. two years yeah. right i like that yeah two years after all the chemo treatments yeah you can't have kids huh yeah <clears throat> which like for me at the time i was like cool i got two more years to like kind of chill <laughs> <laughs> two more years to do your thing yeah and then yeah now we have a son named chili, chili how'd you come up with the name, name his name i don't even remember to be honest like it just kind of popped up one day and we didn't know if it was a girl or a guy and uh and we just like it the name chili just kind of stuck and we figured you could kind of use it either way so you're gonna use it girl or boy yeah that's tight <laughs> yeah that's cool. So how are you liking being a dad? How's the balance of snowboarding and being a dad and everything else? It's awesome for sure. Like he's got a little board, so excuse me. We've been taking him out and it's just like a tiny little board with a little handle he can hold on to it. How old is he? He's only eleven months. Wow. So we just kinda cruise him around the backyard and stuff. Uh which is like and as like corny as it sounds, like I can't wait to teach him how to snowboard, you know, like that's the thing I'm like so stoked to do. <clears throat> just like get him into the experience and Show him how fun it is, and get him a little baby turbo sled, man. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right yeah, yeah, totally. He'll be on the baby turbo. Do they make, do they the make baby turbo? Yeah, <laughs> they should. Yeah. No, no. If they made one, Mikey's copping one. He's all yeah. three years old, just <laughs> <laughs> going up anything. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's awesome for sure. It's definitely <laughs> hectic. Like it's stressful, and um, yeah, this year will be interesting for sure because. Last year, he was born February 4th, and I kind of, like, took a month off. Like, I took, like, two weeks off with the lead-up, and then two weeks off after he was born. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to just keep it local and not do any trips. And, and um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was cool. And then, uh, but this year now, he's, like, more mobile, and, and uh, things are happening. So it's definitely a it'll be interesting once they start getting mobile that's when they they can get in trouble yeah, real right? trouble. that's when they start like yeah bashing themselves Climbing and falling everything. down stuff oh yeah we had to like take our coffee table out of the living room because he's hitting his head on it all the time and stuff like <laughs> yeah he's a maniac he like he gets up at six and he goes to bed at seven thirty. like a couple of small naps in between but he's like full go like all day is he goofy or regs can't tell yet okay it's what do you do you got a hunch tell, on huh? a stance or anything <sighs> i'm too early to tell. Too early to yeah, tell. Because <laughs> he has the handle, you can't really tell. And he yeah, switches and just, it around. And it's slowly like, he, yeah, he doesn't really know what's going yeah. on. So he's like looking one way, and then you'll, you'll change direction, and he's still looking the other way. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know. No, he has no clue. <clears throat> but Another yeah. year. Also can't tell like if he's ginger yet, or if he's going blonde, if oh, he's going yeah. brown. Can't tell. Uh, Is that why you went chilly? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> but that, like, if he is redhead and, ch- and chilly, it'll be like, whew. <laughs> that'd be something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, is that your nickname? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know it's wild too. If you think about like, all right, as a as a professional snowboarder, I don't know if all the listeners know. Like, you kind of you're on salary, right? You, you get paid to really, you get paid year round for like four months to like show up and. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you got on the schedule today? Like, like for the past like twenty plus years, like, uh, you know, I might, I might, you know, it's kind of open. It's kind of open, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're like uh, I can do whatever the fuck I want, really. Yeah. And now you got a kid since he like, was 15. totally, <laughs> totally like one eighty. You're like, okay, I got to budget my time. Baby's yeah, got to take a nap. Exactly. Totally. That's like so true, huh? Yeah. Even today, my buddy was like, "Oh, I'm getting something shipped to, or brought to your house." I'm like, 
if you can get it done between like these hours. 10 and 2 or after 4, because <laughs> <laughs> the dog's going to go crazy. It's going to wake up chilly. Yeah. Street <clears throat> King. Yeah, Street King goes nuts. Street King is an OG. What do you call Street King for sure? Just Street? Street, yeah. Street. Yep. It's a tight name. Thanks. I gave it to my brother was looking for names for his kid, and I was like, name him Street King. He didn't take it. So first I was like, kid? Yeah, I was like, I'm, I'm using it. <clears throat> Dog came first. Now, I have a question. Um, do you have the photo of you guys uh, surfing with the computer? Yep. We're going to need to pull. You're going to need to send that to me because yeah. this is incredible. Uh, let's let's talk about the, the work sucks situation. <laughs> yeah, well, it actually goes back to the pee on the computer story because <laughs> the computer was done. And uh, I actually took it to the Apple store. I was like, hey, can you? I just wanted to see if he could, like, save anything off it. I was like, oh, I was at a party, and someone spilled a bunch of drinks on it. And, like, anyway, he took he brought it back. He's like, this thing is toast. <clears throat> so it just became, like, the best Instagram prop ever. <laughs> so, like, I had a photo. I'm wake surfing, and I got the computer open like this. <laughs> and, like, and then just always use the caption, work sucks. And we'd have it, like. Floating down the river with the computer open, in the hot tub, on emails. <laughs> and it was awesome. And then Ika was like, bring that thing down to California. <laughs> like, and then Ika got like a quick photo like on his surfboard coming in on the wave. And then it was like, like poof, it was gone. <laughs> like, that, thing was, that thing's in the ocean. Oh, and he lost it. It was gone like so quickly. Yeah, the, a shame. The ocean, yeah. the ocean. Uh, There's probably a photo of some dude like spear fishing. <laughs> yeah. It's all work sucks, and he's underwater. Yeah, or like the actual the computer. Actually, I had written on it in Margaret. It said, "Shove it up your butt." <laughs> <laughs> but the caption was always "work sucks." That's awesome. <laughs> also, something that you wrote on the bottom of the snowmobile on the skid plate: "Shove it up your butt." And when you do a wheelie, you can see the, you can see it. So only when you do a wheelie, it's, it's under the <laughs> yeah. bottom of the sled nice. and you're driving. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, another thing I got to commend you on is your ability to uh, hammer beers and also get things done. <laughs> wow! Thanks. How do you how do you find the balance uh, of uh, party and uh, work? Uh, I don't know if it's work. That's snowboarding and partying. Yeah, like I mean, <clears throat> I don't really like. I won't like party before like a big film day or anything like that. But I definitely like to drink beers, and I used to drink whiskey. And that's kind of when, like... That's dangerous. Yeah, and, like, I, don't, I tend to stay away from the brown stuff now. So, like, some beers can keep it under control. That's it? And uh, pretty much for me, anyway, like, that's, like, when, like, then the party peeing stories, like, those were whiskey times. Whiskey stories. Yeah. And, uh... Hanging out with Craven, I imagine you learned to hold some beers down, too. Yeah, he's he's great on the beers. Yeah, he's good on the beers. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. And, uh... Yeah, I don't know. I just I just like to have some beers. But it's kind of like also with like the whole like Wildcats thing too. Like it was always like you'd go to a new town and people would be like, here's a shot. And like, nah, going filming tomorrow. Or like we're going riding tomorrow. <clears throat> don't really want a shot of like Jägermeister right now. Like, oh, come on. That's not Wildcats. Like sh- shit like that always. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean. You were an official Wildcat? Yeah, it was kind of like a late edition. Yeah, late, like almost a generation after someone. <laughs> yeah. Left. You got Definitely. a tattoo? Junior Wildcat? Wildcat? Uh, I uh, well, actually, funny enough, I have a whiskey bottle. <laughs> a j- <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels tattooed. And then I have like our cruise in there. It was like 8 Mile, Wildcats, Boys Will Be Boys on the. I think mm-hmm. these little touch up. 
Yeah, yeah, it's faded as hell. Faded. Yeah. <laughs> now, Craven told me a good story about a tattoo you got in Chile. Oh, man. I was, you know what? I was actually thinking about that after you asked what my least favorite tattoo is. <clears throat> it's this one right here. And it was supposed to be a condor. And <laughs> so we were in Chile. Me, me Dustin Solers, I think. So I'm spacing, but I think, yeah, I think it was me, Dustin Solis, Leyland. And uh, we were drinking Escudo beer the whole time. And like, you know, there's condors all over Chile. And mm-hmm. we thought that the bird on the can of the Escudo was a condor. So we were like, yeah, let's get a, let's get a condor tattoo of the, like the Escudo logo where we were drinking a bunch of beers, the trip and stuff. And uh, then we go to get the tattoo and we're getting the tattoo. And then the guy's like, he brought a translator because he didn't speak English. And the translator's like, yeah, like, like that beer's not even Chilean. Like, it's it's German. <laughs> and he's like, and it's not a, oh, it's not no. a condor. It's illegal. And we were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's pretty uh, German-ish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're like, we're getting a Chilean condor yeah, on yeah. our arm. This is sick. Yeah. A couple Canadians <laughs> down <know>. there. <laughs> Dude, it got all infected on the flight home, too. There's all these scars in it. <clears throat> yeah. But Dustin's got it, too, so. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what That's he said? Also, funny. it was Dustin was getting tattooed first. And then you guys discover that, and you're like, fuck it, I'm still getting it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we were so hyped, too. Like, we were having a good time. And, we yeah, we knew that we kind of fucked up. But uh, the dude, like, didn't charge us much money for it. So we were like, this guy's the best. We took him out for dinner after. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That's but killer. Now, you're going you're gonna to have something else to add to that? Uh, I was just going to say, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you named your son after, that trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the spelling of Chili of his na- of my son's name is C-H-I-L-I. Um, but yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, is it because of the food or <laughs> the country? But no, just no. Chili. Chili. Now, going back to dad life, I know your back's a little banged up. Uh, had a little bit of a dad moment, huh? Yeah, I was, like, walking down the, the back patio stairs into my into my backyard. It's, like, 15 steps. First step, full Marv from Home Alone, like, down the whole thing. Everything out of my hands flying. I'm like, yeah. Welcome to fatherhood. Yeah. But I was thinking, Chili was at the bottom of the stairs. I was like, good thing I wasn't carrying him. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Yeah. Didn't think about that. But yeah, back's jacked. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, how you feeling? He's like, ah, oh, fell down the stairs. My back's up, banged up. My <laughs> nice dad moment there. <laughs> Nailing. Yeah, that's an over 30 injury right <laughs> yeah. there for sure. All right, well, let's hit uh, let's hit a little hot takes. We always hit this one. It's a, it's a staple. We like to... I'm going to preface this because we do, we do Michael Jordan of snowboarding a lot of times or goat, but I, I like to think of it like at, for me, for me, like the, the person that was the Michael Jordan to you as a kid. You know, the person that was, or, or, you know, you can, you can take it however you want. Not, not statistically the best of all time, or you can answer how you want, but who's your, who's your Michael Jordan? Uh, can I kind of have two? Sure. Okay. Cause I got like, I think first I'd have to say Terrier just cause like his like persona in snowboarding has always been so huge and he was like kind of mysterious and like obviously so talented and, <clears throat> uh, yeah, just like. Big fan of his, um, but then also Devin because just like everything he did in the Whistler backcountry, and I think just his like personality and uh, like his humbleness and everything is mm-hmm. like 
unmatched. And as far as female snowboarders, who you got? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe like Victoria Jalouse. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, if, like watching old footage of Victoria ride lines is like, a lot of dudes wouldn't be that confident today riding down some of the same stuff. So I'd say Victoria. Okay, Tuke or Beanie? Uh, well, I like to stay true to the Tuke, but I've caught myself saying Beanie more now just because, like, some people. You're getting Americanized. Yeah, I know. Totally. Your Canadian uh, counterparts are <laughs> yeah, not going to like that. I man. know. But, uh, yeah, I'm, like, kind of 50-50 on Tuke and Beanie. Okay, who is the most underrated snowboarder in your opinion? Well, I think, like, I'm kind of biased because he's – my best friend, but <clears throat> Aaron Yamala, I feel like he kind of like didn't really get a lot of shine that he could have gotten. Um, but then like a dude that I don't know would be like in the ab- absinthe movies. You guys remember that guy, Matt Cher? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. He yeah. would always get put in the middle of the movie with the worst song and he'd have like sick footy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dude, he yeah. did. He had some wild clips that were ahead of its time. Yeah, like and that is a great stuff. answer. Like, Where's yeah. he from? Swiss, maybe. Yeah, Swiss. yeah. I think that's yeah. right. <clears throat> Something somewhere around there. Okay, uh, best snowboarder on a snowmobile. Best snowboarder on a snowmobile that I've been with uh, would have to be Dustin. What about <clears throat> best snowboarder on a snowmobile in America? Oh, you wanted me to say Grenier? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wanted you to say. Yeah. I, I didn't ask. You to say something else. <laughs> um, Chris prides himself on his snowmobile. Pick, pick your answer carefully. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I mean, like, I think for snowboarders and snowmobiling is different because, like, Mickle put it best where, like, we're watching Mickle learn how to snowmobile was like, he knew that, like, where he wanted to snowboard was like, way up there and he was going to do everything he could to get himself Mm -hmm. there so like you just like a lot of people just make it happen and you're like good at point a to point b and you can get through some tricky situations and stuff whereas like just like your normal like recreationalist snowmobiler like they're bobbing and weaving through trees and they're doing like different stuff Mm. so it's like kind of different types of snowmobiling that like between like a snowboarder that snowmobiles and just your snowmobiler Makes sense. Um, but, like, <clears throat> I mean, like, even UC was, like, incredible snowmobiler just because he, like, he's been doing it forever. And, yeah, just, like, As long as you can we're get, get anywhere there. you need to be, huh? Yeah, exactly. So, like. Because the media only needs to get to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and you like can double them up if you have to yeah, help, to exactly, help like, Yeah, totally. Like, you can always get somebody to the spot. Yeah. What about a snowboarder with uh, really baggy clothes that's a little bit shorter that looks like he's sitting down, but he's actually standing <laughs> up the entire time he's snowmobiling. <laughs> Always that's on a very old snowmobile. That'd be Eastone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eastone. Never been I, on a I snowmobile newer than 2002, I think. No way. <laughs> actually, except when I borrowed his. He and he nice returned day. it not in the same condition. Oh, a <laughs> little bit was bent off or broke. Yeah. Plastic. Plastic. Uh, $20 new. part. Going, go. going back to, uh, I think that the best American snowmobiler would be Curtis Season. Oh, oh, that's probably I the totally space that. 100%. Yeah, he's pretty he's good. He's a phenomenal snowmobiler. He's on a turby, too. Yeah, he's, he's turby. Totally, he he actually, I think it was last year he was like, should I get the turb? I was like, oh, buddy, get the turb. 
and he got it. He yeah. actually told me there's a particular song that gets downloaded automatically onto your phone when you get the when you get the turbo. <laughs> when you get the turbo. Yeah, you might know it, Stone, since you're up to date on your hip hop. But you know that female rapper Lotto. The I song, don't know. The song's called Big Dick Energy. <laughs> oh, I heard that song. <laughs> yeah. It automatically downloads on your phone right when you get a turbo. Phone. Yeah, you buy the turbo and you get Big Dick Energy. You hear a little noise on your phone. <laughs> yeah, it's like the U two. It's like the U two album that auto downloaded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just it just That's appears sick. on it. <laughs> Uh, all right, another hot take. Uh, worst snowmobiler, <laughs> uh, snowboarder you've ever been with? There's probably a lot of There's those. There's so many. Especially when they just get fed to the Wolves of Whistler's setup. Yeah, totally. And, like, a lot of the time, too, they're, like, like Burton will be like, hey, we're shipping out. Yeah, we're sending so-and-so. And, so. <laughs> and then you're like, and then they have no clue. <clears throat> you know, you They don't even know what they're getting into, Just get right? fed to the Wolves. But uh, we're gonna need a name here. Yeah, we need I some know, names. Like, who is just horrible? Like, media is allowed to get included, probably. Yeah, you can throw some media in there. There's been so many. It's like <laughs> it's just a long I think way you could just go through a laundry list too. Why not? You know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like every like people that I've filmed with. Um, How's Mark on the sled? Mick? Yeah, he's getting better. Okay. Yeah, better. but he, like I want I want him to be bad. Yeah, like because he's so good at everything. else. I know, totally. Like. <laughs> Yeah, he's just a talent. But uh, like the, f- I think it was the first time we took him out. He was on a rental sled, <clears throat> and like man, that thing was like in creeks and like <laughs> all of, and we're like we're all over the internet with like this and the, and we knew the dude who was renting the sled to him. He was like, no, <clears throat> no, my sled. Um, dude, one time we did this electric uh, goggles f- photo shoot, and the photographer and like the art department dude. They, like, completely sent it off the top of the mountain, like, totally wrote the whole song. Like, I think it was 11 grand they had to pay. They wrote it off. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was done. Um, were they doubling? They were doubling, yeah. They just, like, hit the throttle. Whoop! Gone. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, whiskey throttle scenario? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been so many, it's hard to pick. Do you have to call in the heli to get that out, or they just That one, to- we were... We were kind of able. We were able to get it out. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it you was. You can't like, just leave one back there, right? No, I mean some people do, but it's bad for the. Yeah. Bad yeah. for the world. Yeah. Oh, lost a sticker down there. It's a Mountain Dew sticker just fell off the wall. Oh shit! So we got any names? <laughs> Still waiting for. Names. I'm looking for a. I'm, I'm looking ideally for like a professional snowboarder that's just bad at sledding. I'm trying to think. Like I really am trying. To he think really only it. goes out with like the dogs though. Well, yeah, we're kind of spoiled. Um, they ever send Joe Sexton up there? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've heard, I think Sexton might be a great answer for that. Oh, I, I honestly, I can't even think of a name. But sometimes you just feel bad for them, too, because mm-hmm. they're like, they're stuck in four feet of snow, and they're like, oh, my God. Like, they just give up until yeah, you come like, help, right? Yeah, like, no clue what's going on. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to go snowboarding. How many sleds have you seen get helied out? Tons. Tons. It's common, yeah. common occurrence. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, all the time. But um, And that's a G yeah. every time, huh? Yeah, at least. At least. Yeah, you can get insurance for it, though. Oh, uh, that's sick. That covers it, but <clears throat> yeah, it happens all the time. Okay, last sick. last question in hot takes. If you could go heliboarding with three people, and it's just like good times, and uh, just strictly for good times, who are you going with? We'd have to get UC back because, like, <clears throat> I don't know. We just had such a good, good time shredding. 
and uh yeah it would just be sick he actually came back like two years ago and we just did laps for a whole day it was awesome um you see let's get trevor out there too just because like yeah he just like tons of passion for boarding he's sick and uh let's get like martin gallant in there wow solid yeah. squad yeah. that actually seems like something that could happen like, yeah potentially <laughs> that'd be a sick <laughs> good crew yeah Killer. Uh, I love it. And uh, while we're we're moving right along here, I think we should, you know, people love to know. I think we have a Patreon. Yeah, I have a Patreon question. First of all, I want to say thank you to our Patreon members. You guys rule. Another thing, too, you can find a link to our Patreon at bombhole.com. And uh, if you want to support us, that is awesome. If you don't, that's also great as well. Thank Either way, we appreciate it. Yeah. This is from Joel. And he asks, what's your all-time favorite board and why? Yes, um, I'm pretty simple with boards. Like, I always just wrote a board that was in the line. <clears throat> and um, my board that I'm riding right now is the Custom. I hadn't ridden the Custom since I was, like, 15 or something. And uh, that's definitely, like, my go-to board right now. And um, <clears throat> I ride the 170, which is the biggest one that they have. But, uh, yeah, that's my, like, go-to board right now. Is there why you like that board over the others? Or um, I've kind of, like, I was on Flying V for a while which is like camber and reverse camber and then when i switched back over to camber boards i was riding mickle's board and i was like this is this is a sick board so yeah i just kind of like took it up to the 170 with the camber and it's kind of like i can ride it on the hill and in the backcountry like i never have to i hate switching bindings to other boards too like mm -hmm. i just like to just have things ready and like it's a go so yeah, the custom has been like the go-to for sure. What bindings are you rocking on there? I'm on the cartels. Those are the OGs. Yeah, huh? those are they've yeah. been around. Huh? <laughs> yeah, they've been Same around with for the a while. custom. That's a setup. That's just yeah, true, tried and true. Uh, no, I was getting kind of made fun of at the start of the year. I put up this thing about how I started riding the custom, and people were like, "Wow, 20 years later, hey, like because <laughs> it's been around forever." We had but, Downing on the show. He said that yeah. was originally going to be his pro model. Yeah, that's right? sick. Yeah, he's definitely like the custom dude. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then what about your board out of the plastic? You like. You touching the edges, you doing the forward <coughs> lean, or just kind of grab and go? Nothing. Yeah, I just go. I'll change the forward lean a little bit. Like, I'll maybe, like, change it one or two clicks for, like, riding on the hill. But I'm, like, the most, like, out of the box, let's just go. Like, <laughs> I hate tinkering, like, with sleds and everything. Just, like, give me the best one, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Do you know what your stance is? Yeah, I'm, like, tw I actually just made a little small. I'm, like, 24 inches. 24, but yep. you are 6'2", though, so. Yeah, so, like, and I was, like, at, like, 25 and a half, I think. Yeah, I just brought it down in a little bit. You set <laughs> your thing back a little bit? For the yeah, I'm reversed, or, or sorry, I'm, yeah, I'm set back, like, inch and a half. Nice. Yeah. Money. Uh, well, another thing that's, like, new to me, I've been making fun of POW surfing forever, because Alex uh, Andrews, I have a cabin <laughs> with him, and he's always like, dude, POW surfing, like, jacked up on it, and I'm like... <laughs> Fuck power surfing, right? And Just because he's checked and then I, it. I like actually re randomly got like a promo one world one and I took it out and I was like, this is fucking awesome. It's fun. And um, randomly, uh, it's a it's a great time. What's your what's your take on uh, power surfing? I love power surfing. It's so sick because like originally it was like, I mean, this could be debatable d depending who you talk to, but like it started with the no board crew in the interior BC. Mm -hmm. They had the pad and they had the little the rope and like Greg Todd's Cholo Burns 
<clears throat> they kind of started that whole movement, and they are like insane. On rest in peace, Greg Todd's. Uh, but um, is that before asthma? Before yeah. asthma, yeah, for sure. And so those guys really like brought up the like the no binding thing. I actually remember being in a Burton meeting at one point. And Trevor was like, you should see these guys. They're riding with no bindings. It's the future. Like, And Burton was like, what are you talking about? Burton's like, resell bindings. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, boards are sick with bindings. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, that's kind of where it started as far as I know. I, I think, like, maybe other people can, can say it differently. But, uh, and then it's, yeah, it's just kind of molded into this whole new, like, genre really and it's like got its own little like clicks and things like every brand has a like a lot of loyalty with these mm-hmm. different pow surf brands but it's so fun like that's the at the end of the day like to make a pretty mellow slope like really fun break out the pow surfer and you'll have a great time and then like some some of the dudes ride like gnarly stuff on, mm-hmm. on the pow surfers it's super incredible yeah. the other thing when you when you spend a lot of time in the backcountry all right it snowed a bunch the avi conditions are real touchy like you don't really want to go anything steep. This like low angles, maybe not going to be that fun on a snowboard. It will be, but but it's like extremely fun on the passer. Yeah, no doubt. Like we had this one board that um, Burton made us like a bunch of years ago with like Jeremy and UC, and we'd call it the morale booster because like just that, like you know, we're kind of like having a bad day or whatever, and we just go do some runs on the on the morale booster, yeah. <laughs> and like everybody's so hyped, and like it's so fun, like. You know, you can be, like, a pro snowboarder, you get on that thing, and, like, your, your talent level has decreased <laughs> rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's so fun. All right, so you've been on Burton for 27 years. You're aging like a fine wine. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, do, we got, what do we got next for uh, the big wig, a.k.a. Mikey? Uh, yeah, so we're working on a movie right now. And it's kind of a two-year project, at least for me and Solars, um, where, like, Last year, I was having a kid in the middle of the winter. Obviously, it was a weird winter, too, with COVID and stuff. So, um, yeah, I started filming for it last year. And then we're carrying over carrying over into this winter. And, uh, yeah, we have teamed like, Danny Davis is kind of spearheading the whole thing. Danny, Solars, Cicerelli. Uh, we got Gigi on board. Uh, Nick Russell. Elena Height. And I think some others. I'm <clears throat> Apologies. I'm forgetting. But, uh. Anyway, that's a that's the squad for the movie, and so it's not a Burton project. It's not a Burton project. Like who's producing it? That's cool. Uh, Like uh, Ninja and Blotto. Oh, killer! Doing it. Yeah. Wow. Those guys in Airhorn. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like Danny's brainchild, and gets referred to as Danny's movie, but he wants it to be all our movie. And yeah, Danny's got like a good vision. Do like cool premiere tours, some live music and stuff, and yeah, should be fun. Killer. And he, I know, think is he going to do some bigger like. Splitboarding stuff too, maybe. <clears throat> Probably. Those guys have some other ideas. Yeah, I bet him and Nick will get into like some big adventures, some Nally. explorations and stuff. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully, I really want to get Danny out to to BC, like, because he's only been to Baldface in BC, like as far as like backcountry riding. So I feel like if he gets like out on the coast or a little more into it, he's gonna be super stoked. And uh, yeah, Mickle's getting back into Canada soon. We'll have the squad back together. And Ninja and Blotto, that's dope. Yeah, totally. It's sick. Yeah, it's sick that Blotto's, cool. Blotto's into it. It's awesome. That'll be a killer crew, man. That's mm-hmm. That'll be fun to watch that video to, when that comes out. Keep an eye out for that. And uh, I guess lastly, before we wrap this thing up, uh, we always do thank yous. If you want to throw out any thank yous to anybody. <clears throat> My thank you list could be huge because 
a lot of people helped out over the time all over my career and stuff but just thank you to like all my sponsors i've been with majority of my sponsors for a really long time so just thanks to for uh for the awesome times and uh, my family and friends and everybody that like is supports snowboarding and uh, is just like passionate about snowboarding i think that's what i like get stoked on the most is like when you meet people that are super stoked on shredding and and it like fires me up and and uh yeah just thanks to you guys for having me on thank you mikey stoked and to have you yeah we are hyped to have you and i want to say thank you to our listeners for tuning in each and every week you guys rule and we will see you again next week over and out from the bomb hole All right, thank you guys so much for listening to the Mikey Rents episode. Before we get out of here, a couple things. First, anything that we talk about in this episode, chances are Eastone went in there and made a show note about it. So you can click down on the down bar and there'll be all kinds of information about videos we talked about, things we referenced during the show. Be sure to check out the show notes. You can also find a link to our Patreon in there, right, buds? Yeah, the Patreon, we are a... a uh project funded by the people and it means so much to us so patreon if you're down to sign up you get all sorts of cool perks get to be part of the community call in the abu all all sorts of cool stuff and also i just want to say thank you to anybody that supported us by buying merch that helps keep the lights on and huge thanks to our sponsors you guys rule and huge thanks to our listeners most importantly you guys kick ass we hope you have a great week and we got another podcast coming at you next wednesday